0: Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. 2,000 years ago, his words came to pass. AD 70, Jerusalem surrounded by armies, the temple destroyed, sacrifices ceased, the end of the age. So where are we at on the prophetic timeline of history? Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations and that we have been made kings and priests to reign here on earth. The The Revelation Red Pill, Pill, the the kingdom of God, God is now. now. For For yours is the the kingdom, the the power, and and the glory, glory, now now and and forever. forever. Amen. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Resistance Chicks. You're here at the Revelation Red Pill Wednesday, very first, episode one. And I have uh, three of my closest friends with me. Jason Heidinger, Serge DeRosa, and Corey Gray in the house. Guys, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here.
1: Hey, it's nice to be here. Thanks for having us.
2: Okay, so normally I would do an intro for all of you, but maybe you guys can do that yourself. Um, If you guys are just now joining us and you're wondering, what is this all about? Well, for a long time, the church has been made impotent, powerless. We have been railroaded, walked all over while the elite take control of where we are going, not just in America as a nation, but in the world. And it's all because of a false end times theology that says that the world must get worse and worse and worse and then Jesus comes back and rescues us. But actually, as you guys saw in the intro, is we are kings and priests. We reign now. We have dominion now. And that we want to go on a journey with you every Wednesday. We're going to do Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays. You guys are used to swallowing the red pill. This is the most joyous red pill you will ever swallow. <laughs> it will most take, of them are kind of really painful. It will take a giant weight off of your back through the scriptures. You're going to see from Genesis to Revelation how God has a good plan for you And for this, as my friend Corey likes to say, the planet, (laughs) the planet. He kind of says a little bit Trump like, Uh, the planet, the Earth, this place that we're on. It doesn't need to be destroyed. We don't need the the new heavens and new earth. We're going to break that down. We're going to tell you what that means. Um, But these are our friends. Corey has an amazing testimony. He came out of a lifestyle of of drug dealing he got arrested under a drug charge and he went to prison and in prison he read the Bible from cover to cover and he got excited and he thought we were victorious and then he went to church <laughs> and the church told him no 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 you don't understand there's this thing called the rapture
0: why don't to you let bad. Corey tell the story well it's... I wanted to give a little introduction okay personal introduction
2: to everybody okay, but he is gonna tell that story today and what's amazing about this story is that Corey went on to be a missionary in Nicaragua where he met his wife and he lives there actually right now he's not here in the United States reigning as a king reigning as a king exactly but I have another friend his name is Serge we met him where we go way back way back in the day to Tulsa Oklahoma when we went to the same church Guts Church and we became really good friends on Facebook and we actually Serge and Michelle and I and our friend Matt we actually kind of discovered that, wait a minute, I think we have a victorious outlook here. And we would send each other scriptures back and forth. And and it was out of these talks that with Surge, encouraging us. You got to get this out there. You got to get this out there that the revelation red pill was born. The 17 episodes that you can guys can find. And we, little red did pill we Academy. Academy.
0: until Serge introduced us to Corey, that Corey had already been on this for like, you know, exactly. eight or nine years. I think so it's 10 now. Surge but- met
2: Corey through uh kingdom business.
0: And Serge is like, I think Corey has this kingdom message. And then Jason comes into play because Jason and Serge were, um, co-pastors at another church and Jason and Serge get to talking and Jason's like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And we got the chance to meet Jason and his beautiful wife when we visited Tulsa in 2021 for the Clay Clark, uh, very first health and freedom conference there. So that's how we became friends with Jason and it's, and then Jason and, and Serge now have their own church ministry break it's not even just a church man it's a breakaway kingdom hub so i want you guys to individually kind of tell us a, a little bit about where god has you in ministry versus maybe where god has other ministers and the end times theology because you guys have good news so jason because you're at the top of the screen i'm going to make you go first where do you see ministry now that you have what we call the revelation red pill
3: Well, to me, it's a complete gospel, because back when I was learning the end times going through school, it was always Jesus did part of it when he went to the cross. Jesus said, it is finished when he went to the cross. He finished it. We're not waiting for, we're not 2,000 years later waiting for Christ to finish it. Um, He finished it. So knowing that the kingdom is now, knowing that he finished it, and we're walking in that today... It just allows us to bring true hope to people that we're not teaching them. man. It's going to get worse. And at some point, God's just going to rip us out of here. A lot of people believe death and the rapture are our saviors. But no, wow. Christ is a savior when he That's did really it cool. out on the cross. Yeah. And we get to walk in that today.
0: That's so good. All right, Serge, you're up next on our um, Brady Bunch squares.
1: Yeah. You, so, you know, me and Jason run really close together. Um, in this ministry, so we, we carry a lot of the same stuff, so I would ditto what he said, but we just carry that message that the earth belongs to the Like it belongs to us. It's not going to be taken away from us later. God didn't give it to us in order to take it away and give it over to Satan for a few years. No, it's not going to happen. And we not only win in the end, we win now. We, we we're We're winners right now. We're, you know, more than conquerors at the moment, so that's the message that we carry just a message of reconciliation a message that says you know um, that the righteous inherit the earth that the earth is ours it belongs to us there's not destruction coming to it and the reason we see darkness is because we're not stepping up and doing what we're supposed to be doing
0: you mean it's not because there's prophecy that says that the world must go to heck in a handbasket and then Jesus comes and saves it all
1: no so I don't know if you remember, but when we first started stumbling on this, one of the key things I heard in the Spirit was, you're on the wrong side of history. And I was yeah, like, what, what does that mean? And what we started finding out is, you know, most of the church is waiting for Matthew 24 to happen when Matthew 24 has already happened. And I was believing for that same thing. I was looking for the signs of the times, waiting for Jesus to come back, waiting for Elijah to show up, and then, the, you know, the... The tribulation will last, and the world goes to hell in a handbasket. And I was waiting for that to happen. But what we started finding out is we were really on the wrong side of history because that had already happened. Surge, and he was talking about the temple in Jerusalem, not the entire earth.
2: So, search yourself up a can of worms right here in the beginning. So, I want you to stick, <laughs> stick with us. <laughs> When he just said Matthew twenty four has already happened, don't you go anywhere. <laughs> don't you run. There's no heresy. We got the proof. It's hell coming. I'm going okay. To hell. okay. Okay, Corey. Tell us about, about where you where you were when you first got out of prison. And I do want you to kind of tell that story of how like you went to church and oh my gosh, here here I am thinking that I'm victorious and you're telling me I'm not.
4: Mm. Okay yeah so i was uh i grew up apart from church didn't know much about jesus or god and i got actually a weapons charge i was a drug dealer for about 14 years and i was in prison and i just i was full of demons i heard demon voices saw evil spirits for years they put me in the mental hospital all these psychotropic drugs um but one day i was like i'm gonna pray I'm going to get out of here, and I don't want to keep living like this. And I prayed, and I said, God, would you forgive me and teach me your way? And nothing really happened in that moment. But about four days later, one of my friends in the prison said, all the answers you need are in the Bible. And he had never said anything about the Bible up until that day. And I said, no, they're not. Because I had been reading in the book of Ezekiel. I had a Bible in my my room, but Ezekiel is a pretty hard book to start with. Uh, So I went back and I was like, whatever, man, what's this guy know? And I opened up to Ephesians 2, where it says, you're following the prince of the powers of the air, the spirit that works in those who are disobedient. And then it gets down to, you are saved by grace through faith, not of your own works. And right when I read that, instant deliverance. Wow. I said, wow, this is talking to me. Every demon left my body, and I was born again in an instant. I stopped smoking like two days after that. stopped cussing immediately, and so radically changed my life. And, and when I read parts of the Bible where it says you've been made a new creation, all things are new, I believed it. When it says I've been purchased by the blood and made a king, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what it is. And so what just kind of fast track i didn't want to learn the bible from anyone i I didn't trust anyone but i had this idea i said god if you can teach all the, because pastors could like sniff me out that i got saved is what it seemed like they were sniffing me out with their ideas i felt like anyways i'm like i'm not learning from them don't trust them i said holy spirit will teach me if you can teach them you could teach me i'll just read real hard and study real hard well i did and i made friendship with holy spirit and i found out that we have complete victory now because the kingdom has come Mm. and when the kingdom comes it says it was going to crush all the other wicked kingdoms and endure forever and it would be given to the saints the people of the most high god we daniel 7 26 27 says that all the kingdoms under the whole heavens would be given to the saints people of the most high god and all rulers will worship and obey him so i just saw that and i'm excited right and that like that the creation is waiting for the sons of god to manifest and set it free and i so i knew enough to know i'm a son i'm a king and that satan has been judged on 1611 the prince of this world has been judged and so I was thinking, man, I can't wait to get out and meet my brothers, my kings that are taking over the world. I was like, how have these people been hidden from me so long? (laughs) Right? I thought there was this group of, like, mighty men of God out there. And so I'm, like, working out, ready. I get out. I'm like, where are they at? You know, I'm going from church. First church I went to, Church of Christ. No offense, but that guy had something else going on went to another pentecostal church they was praying in tongues i hadn't learned that thing yet and so they're just walking around it, it didn't feel the spirit so i'm like getting out of there went to the baptist this lady goes what church do you go to i said well i've been in the church of christ pentecostal baptist i'm gonna go to the methodist next she stopped talking to me she's like you're crazy then i made, made it to the methodist church where old man 81 years old explained to me the situation of the church wow. and it, he told me he said "Corey, because he knew the kingdom message he come direct john wesley a lot of those guys actually had some good revelation on the kingdom and he did too and i said well why why are we in this place why are we not more advanced and uh he said because the people don't read their bibles Corey." he said you read your bible a lot they didn't they don't do that mm-hmm. And so, anyways, here we are, and uh, that's eleven years now, ten years now, and that's when I, I wrote. That's why I wrote this book to put this, put it into a story, easy 150 scripture story of the kingdom message, God's agenda.
2: You've got a book, and I thought I had it here. It's called Born Again as Kings: The End yeah. of Satan on the Earth. It's an amazing book. I'm encouraging everyone to get a copy of it and read it, and so you can kind of know what we're talking about from the kingdom. Aspects so before we dive into just totally obliterating your end (laughs) times theology uh, verse by verse um, Jason or Serge you guys want to jump in here? We were talking about how um, to to begin to present this to you guys The one thing I think you guys all you everyone who's listening you all want to win Okay, if you're watching resistance chicks is because you're tired of losing and you want to win. Yeah, Okay, and I call the church schizophrenic because on the one hand, you want to stop the people who are changing kids' genders. But if you really wanted Jesus to come back, let him do it, right? Because yes. your end-time theology says it's got to get worse and worse. Why are you trying to stop abortion? Why? It's got to get worse and worse before Jesus. What is it that's, that, is, that is okay for you that you want to let keep going on? Pornography, let it go. Let it go it, Just rip it. Blast it on your own TV. Now. Okay. Because you want
0: it to get worse and worse. Go ahead. Let me interrupt you there because it's interesting for those of you that don't, that most of you that are listening, you're going, Leah, that sounds insane. No one would say that, right? You need to understand that most of the people that, ardently believe what we call the modern end times theology, because it just came into being 150 years ago. Most people that ardently believe the modern end times theology believe that they believe that if you try to stop all of the bad things from happening, then you will be stopping Jesus from coming back, which is heretical. And, and, and again, you know, there's scriptures about praying and healing the sick and you
2: guys get that. Well, why can't you heal a government? Well, no, that's too much. That's a bridge too far for us. No, 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 no. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And so when I I began to read, this is how I got the Revelation Red Pill message. I wanted to be able to present the gospel to people from just the Old Testament because I'm going to tell you guys something. A little secret. <laughs> The disciples spread the gospel without a New Testament. (laughs) Okay? They actually convinced even Gentiles that Jesus was the Messiah by actual scriptures from the Old Testament showing the world that Jesus fulfilled these these scriptures. Paul, when he was going before Caesar, when he went before Rome, when he went before the Pharisees and Sadducees, when he went uh, before the Greeks, he was convincing them from the law and the prophets from the Old Testament. And I went to Bible college. I've been in church. Every time the door was open, we were there. We must have been in church two, three days a week most times. Okay. And I did not know how. I did. I couldn't find Jesus in the Old Testament. I didn't know where it was. Because no. we spent all our time in this box, dancing these moves. Okay. In the, in, in, in that New Testament. Okay. I even had a minister say, the surgeon knows him. What do you need the old for? You got the new. Okay, well, that's, you need the old, let's put it that way. So I opened, I opened up, and I'll tell you what, this is the Bible that I actually used. It's called the Archaeological Study Bible. It's had a little bit of uh, struggles throughout the years. I read this twice, by the way. I read it through twice. It was very interesting because in the Archaeological Study Bible, it showed me, and it actually isn't necessarily a, a, a preterist or whatever you want to call it um kingdom and we're Bible. not going to put and and, and anybody into
0: boxes we don't have names or labels we literally just call it the kingdom method but but
2: what was amazing what's amazing about this Bible is it shows the proofs to back up the different texts like in like history and so when it comes to Matthew 24 it shows you how actually it was fulfilled and then it says and it could be and it could be fulfilled again that's what it says but I would I I have all my highlights and all my underlines my kingdom ones are in this Bible and I what I also did was it has a really good in in the middle you guys you guys never do the in the middle do you you never do it I never did either the cross references okay i did three chapters a day but it wasn't just three chapters a day it was three to four chapters a day with those stinking cross references that's a lot of reading okay so what i would do is where there was a cross reference on something that was king to me or sounded jesus-y i'd look and see if it was in the new testament i looked and i I went through the old testament i wanted to see what where these old testament scriptures were cross-referenced in the new testament and i read romans and i read hebrews and i was like holy stinking cow all these scriptures that they people are telling me are for Israel or for the future are quoted in the New Testament as fulfilled. Y'all been lying to me. Your end times theology does it not ma- does not met mesh up with the Bible? If you take people through the Old Testament and do the cross references to the New Testament, Jesus fulfills all the Law and the Prophets. Okay. Ooh she said it well that's a scripture of the new testament jesus came to fulfill all the law and the prophets okay don't argue with me argue with the bible argue with god all right so that's how i got the kingdom message um jason and serge talk to me about what you see as the kingdom message and what you guys started to see that was different than just the gospel of salvation i'm saved i'm going to heaven
1: well you know to piggyback off of what you're saying, um it's called the good news yeah. of the gospel. And a, a, a lot of us don't understand that when Jesus said to go and, and spread the gospel, he he mentions the gospel of the kingdom. Now, salvation's a part of it. We understand that, but it's the gospel of the kingdom. We're the church as a whole is preaching the message that's not good news. Destruction is coming. You're gonna pay. We're all we're all doomed, and then, I, you know, I've come to this place that anything that strips away the promises of God, or from who I am in Christ, it's it's probably not the right message that's being presented. For instance, when the Bible says that wherever my foot treads is mine, but in the future, God's going to hand what He's given me to the devil. Yeah, it says that we're to rebuild old ruins. But in the future, the ruins that we rebuild are handed over to Satan to be destroyed again. There's all these, we're more than conquerors, but not in the end times. I'm victorious, but not in the end times. It says that the inheritance from Abraham to inherit the entire earth, we inherit that. It says you are sure to have inherited it, but not in the end times. He takes it back away. None of this adds up. It doesn't add up so there's a lot that a lot of contradictory i hear people say well you're just not believing what the bible says it's like well the bible says the meek inherit the earth hmm. okay. the bible says the earth is mine so yeah there's a lot of uh stuff in there and i'm sure jason could add
4: the planet well,
1: on that <laughs> on the that planet. jesus says.
3: The kingdom is at hand throughout. When he, Jesus said it. The kingdom is at hand. and It even goes with Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. The kingdom of God is now. Jesus said it was at hand. It had come. We're to walk in the kingdom now. We're not waiting for a futuristic event to happen. The kingdom is now. It's been preached since Christ has come. The law Can you and the read prophets that again? Yeah,
2: read that. Like, read that one more time. Read it three times, actually, because I think that that's one that's gonna get some things moving, some cabo's out.
3: So Luke sixteen sixteen says, "The law and the prophets were until John.
2: Since that time, yeah,
3: yes, John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. Mm. Let me so that.
4: The law and
1: prophets." Go ahead. Go ahead. Romans ten four to add to that. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes.
4: Hmm.
1: So, well,
2: Go on, Jason.
3: Well, and then Matthew 7, uh, or Matthew 5, 17 and 18 says, do not think, this is Jesus's own word, red letter. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law and prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill it. Mm. He fulfilled all the prophets and brought the kingdom, and that's why you go back to Luke sixteen sixteen. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. Since that time, we are living in the, as Corey says, the eternal kingdom age. Since the time of Christ,
2: so that pressing in is very interesting, because that was even before Jesus had died and rose again.
0: Now, Leah, wait. Let's. let's... You just came on something when we were live this morning. Repeat yeah. it again for those in the back, because you just gave it to the guys before we went live, and even they were like, yes, that's so it. So in
2: this uh, Revelation Red Pill, I get new things all the time. These guys get new things, and we share them, because it's, it's awesome to, to know what we're doing here and what God is doing in your life and in the world. Uh, that's getting better and better, by the way. Um Michelle likes to say, you know, we're not hanging and quartering people anymore. Not people aren't in America, people aren't being burned to the stake, stake because Christianity When you're comparing how bad things were When you're comparing how we bad don't stone things people were for adultery and
0: other things Christianity
2: as Christianity manifests then the government gets better and, and our savage fathers...
0: savagery gets diminished.
2: Exactly. So yeah, I was reading in Luke today, uh chapters 8, 9 and 10. And Jesus sends out the 12 disciples and he says to them, go and preach the gospel and heal the sick. And he gave them power to heal the sick. And he said, preach the gospel. And I thought that was very strange. Okay, we're going to preach the gospel. But later on, he says, who do you say I am? And they say, you are, you are the Christ, the son of God. And he says, don't tell anybody that. So wait a minute. Then what's the gospel if it's not to tell the world that Jesus is the savior? Now, of course, you're supposed to go and tell the whole world that Jesus is Savior now. But before Jesus died and rose again, there was something big that he was preaching. Uh, what was that, that he was
0: preaching? Somebody. Corey, take it out. You've been quiet.
4: All right. So I was pulling it up on here. Say the last part. Sorry, I was pulling it up. on. What my was Jesus desktop.
0: proclaiming? If If salvation isn't the good news in the gospel... What is the good news in the gospel, or is it the only thing of the good news in the gospel?
4: Well, the Bible says in Galatians three eight, the gospel is actually. Let's go to Galatians three eight real fast because most people have never that. read this. Y'all need or your Bible, by it. the way. Yeah.
2: Please go get. If you don't them.
4: have a Bible. This this isn't going to be fun for you. Galatians three, and I'm gonna read seven and eight. Actually, six through eight. It says, just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So you see that those who believe are the descendants of Abraham. And by the way, we're going to talk about Abraham often because he is one of the main keys to us manifesting what God desires. Because God gave Abraham a promise that his descendants would possess the world, which I'm going to show you guys here in a little bit. And I just want you to realize that those who believe are descendants of Abraham.
2: Um, Say it again for the people in the back. Verse 7. Verse
4: 7. So you see that those who believe... Are the descendants of Abraham Pause. now? Wait,
2: yeah, I would yeah. just want you to go into that a little bit because this is yep. I can I feel I can kind of feel it in the back of my head when people oh, are yeah. like, okay, but yeah, but there's Israel and Israel's really and Jews are really and we're just kind okay. of
4: well, let me let me show you something else, okay? You are in Christ, a descendant of Abraham, and let's just hold your spot, go to Galatians 3 and the last verse is 29. Sorry, I went to 4. 3 and 29, it says, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise.
2: But wait, are you a secondhand heir? Are you a stepchild? Are you the kind that doesn't really get anything? Like it says heir, but does it really mean in, like the heir so- like Israel?
4: i'll i'll explain it but it's through faith you be you are counted righteous okay and that's how you become a son or descendant seed of abraham through the righteousness that comes by faith it's not through works it's given as a free gift but the gift comes through you putting faith in your heart in god all right and he counts you righteous and then he puts the blessing and promise of abraham on you all right, keep your spot. Look at Galatians 3. We're talking about good news here, guys. I haven't even wrapped it up. Galatians three thirteen and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that... You should underline that part. He was hung on a tree in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Gentile, Jew, all of us, it don't matter, okay? But let me point something out. There's something that people miss right here. There's a blessing and there's a promise. And this promise, if I were to ask 100 christians what this promise is i bet zero would get it right unless you guys have heard me or serge or jason or resistance chicks but what is this promise it says we are heirs of the promise heirs of the promise okay well let me finish what i was going to read at first you asked me what's the good news right what's what's the gospel well galatians 3 7 and 8 So you see that those who believe are the descendants of Abraham, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the Gentiles shall be blessed in you.
2: It doesn't say saved.
4: Blessed. It actually (laughs) some versions say nations, most versions say nations. But it's families. So this gospel is is
0: a little different here I'm hearing. You mean the the gospel was preached to Abraham.
4: Yeah. And and what God told Abraham is all nations will be blessed (laughs) through your descendants. They will possess them. (laughs) Uh, That's the gospel. The gospel is that the descendants of Abraham, Jesus died on a cross (laughs) so that we would get the promise of Abraham. We need to go and read that promise because without understanding that promise, that's the problem where we don't realize jesus came down on a tree so that we would have the blessing and and when it says in the promise of the spirit they say oh yeah it's the promise we would get the spirit no it's the promise the spirit of the lord gave abraham trust me i've heard pastors teach it that way over uh, so many times you guys might have too but no it's because they don't know the promise why are we talking about abraham for all those out there who think the Old Testament's done away with. Well, Abraham was before the law of Moses. Yeah, we're not doing the law of Moses, but the, the blessing and promise of Abraham, that deals for us <laughs> in Christ. I just read it. If you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Galatians 3, 29 says, If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring, heirs of the promise. And last thing, I've done preachings and and I've said, you guys have a promise that you know not of.
0: Wow.
2: There's a lot of blessings in here. There's a lot. I'm reading a lot of blessings. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when you think of blessings, are they just spiritual?
4: Nope.
1: No. No. Hey, Corey. What? In a nutshell, what is a blessing and promise? just to make it plain yep. for
4: everybody what is it the blessing was announced to abraham in genesis 12 blessed are those who bless you cursed are those who curse you all families on earth shall be blessed he spoke that over abraham we have that on our lives blessed are those who bless me cursed are those who curse me all nations on earth shall be blessed i have a blessing or i have a blessing with na- national potential The promise is this. Should we read it or you just want me to tell you? Read it. Let's read it. Because it's worth... (laughs) The promise is short. It's in Genesis 22. But you guys, you know the story where Abraham goes up with his son to offer him as a sacrifice, and then a ram appears in the thicket, and everyone preaches, and the Lord provides. Well, actually, that's not the point of that. Okay. The point of that test was abraham passed the test yeah god provided and because he passed the test a an angel from heaven came down twice and gave him a promise right after wow. the same, same chapter but we preach on the bram showing up god will provide just hang in there <laughs> and we missed the promise okay the whole point the whole thing of the bible i mean we're talking promise 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 all throughout the new testament even the old testament is talking about it but All right, so I get excited, and then I'm just like, ah, where's
2: the verse? I feel it. I feel you.
4: Yeah, sorry. Some people say I'm like a a fire hose. I'm trying not to do that tonight. (laughs) So I'm reading in the NLT, guys, if it looks a little bit different. But we're at Genesis 22, verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. The second time normally is what it says. Mm-hmm. It says, this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son. I swear by my own name. Mm. It's the angel of the Lord swearing by his own name. This is the promise right here. Open your ears. Mm. It says, I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies Hmm. and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me Hmm. now let me let me just do a couple things here for you serge that's all right where it says your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies well the niv says you will possess the cities of our enemies mm. okay in the hebrew it's gates we will mm. possess the gates right of our enemies okay so gates in hebrew in that time the gate their cities had gates okay and to possess the gate that's there was a space where the judges sat next to the gate yeah and they delegated what was allowed to come in and happen in the city, and and judge things, and who could bring things in, who could bring things out. It was the supreme position of power in the city, in the region. Hmm. And yes. so, the Bible, was, or God, is telling him, Abraham, your descendants are gonna take possession of the highest positions of power in wow. the earth. And all nations will be blessed. (laughs)
0: Yes. Okay. Serge got something. Go ahead.
1: We need another one to go along with Corey. Romans 4.13. It says, clearly, this is in the NLT. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on obedience to God's law, but on their right relationship with God that comes by faith. And I if you jump into verse 16...
2: That's not in there. I, wait, wait, go back, go back. This is... No, no, no. This is... It's in there. This is... No, Serge, this is <laughs> this is, is mind-blowing stuff. Okay, You cannot just read over that scripture and move oh. on. You got to go back and read that <laughs> one more time, please, sir. It
1: doesn't make sense with what I've been taught all these years. You guys please didn't please. just get that we own the world?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to read that again. That is not in oh. there.
1: Clearly, God's promise to give the entire earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to the law. The entire earth.
2: You mean just, he- wait, that's earth heaven, earth
1: Serge.
2: It's just heaven. <laughs> are you <laughs> sure the word earth is in there? Or are planet. planet?
1: <laughs> Check this out. Verse 16 So the, word says, is ple- so ple- the promise is. is received by faith, as Corey said. it says it is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it
0: I have a question wait a minute no let me ask a question Serge
4: there is an if
0: I was taught my whole life that and maybe um, actually Matt Thayer is going to talk about this next week, so I can't really get into it too much. I was going to have Jason go with here, but um, well, maybe Jason can give him a little taste. But I was taught my whole life that heaven and earth are going to pass away. So how do we inherit the planet if heaven and the planet pass away, Jason? Say that again. So how do we inherit the earth like Serge just told us, if we're also taught that the heavens and the earth, earth must be destroyed and pass away.
3: Like he just read, it's by faith.
0: Okay, by keep faith, reading. Like
4: a...
2: Sorry, All right, carry you... on. The
0: point is, guys, modern end times theology.
4: I got you in a minute. Proves a lot me. of
0: contradictions. Okay.
4: Yeah. Yes.
0: They prove a lot of contradictions, and so which one is true? Serge, carry on. What?
1: Well, well that's what I'm saying. That's kind of what I'm trying to get to. What I'm trying to get to is we've been taught the opposite. We've been taught that we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth way out in the future. We're waiting for God's kingdom to come, but Jesus said his kingdom has already come. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, when, is, when are you going to set up your kingdom on this earth? When is your kingdom coming? And he answers it the same way he answers that question today you don't get it. It starts within you. The kingdom is within you. That's where the dominion starts. That's where it's at. So Jesus brought his kingdom. He set it up on this earth and it's here now. And it says in revelations that he has made us kings on this earth. And that is right now, that is here today. But we've been taught opposite. We've been taught that it's just, you know, Yeah, the kingdom's here, but not really. It's just here spiritually, but not physically. But we're showing you that, no, he's already given you the earth. And the earth is waiting for us to take our place and start changing and driving out the darkness, as Corey Gray says, just eliminating and annihilating evil on the earth where there's no more.
0: In the chat on Rumble, right as you were saying that, Bro Fielding put... All creation is waiting for us to bring the blessing into manifestation. And that's the thing. Now, I want to, Corey, we can jump to you. And and Jason, I know you've got thoughts on everything that everybody's been saying. So we'll jump to Corey. And then Jason, I'm going to unleash you here in a second. But for everybody that's tuning in, I want to kind of bring us back one more time. Why are you here? What is this Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays? Why does it matter? What is all of this talk? I have to, I understand that there are going to be people that are tuning in. That when we say Matthew 24, you have no idea what we're talking about. You know it's a chapter in one of the books in the Bible, but you have no idea what's in it. And I think it's surge tonight that's going to take that away for us. But what, we, what modern end times theology has taught us is that What Jesus spoke about in the chapter of Matthew 24, which Serge is going to get into of all this destruction that we've been told that everything has to get worse. It's going to get really, really bad and we're going to get thrown into jail and we're going to have a 666 on our forehead unless we say no and we don't allow the chip to go in all of this stuff and and in our bodies and and a mark of the beast and brother will, uh, you know, strive against brother and throw each other in jail and turn on one another and all of this stuff. That's what we've been taught the Left Behind series. Um, Everything that you can imagine, any end times apocalyptic movie that you have ever watched that's Christian-based is what we are referring to as modern end times theology. And what it does, especially when people believe that we are living in the generation, that all of that is going to happen, and it has to happen, is it makes an impotent church that doesn't do anything to stop the evil in the world and it's been going on for the past 150 years because every generation since then has thought it's us people have refused to go to college they have not started businesses they've sold things that they owned because they've been given a set date and when that date doesn't happen it gets moved to a next date and all this does is it, pro- it prolongs the good news of us inheriting the earth and and we can walk in it and search can walk in it and jason can walk in it and corey can walk in it and, and and all of that but as far as collectively we have to put an end to this because we need the whole church on board to advance the kingdom of god the way that God wants to see it happen. And I know that it's going to happen in our generation. And probably in the next five years, you're going to see a complete wipeout of what we call the modern end times theology. So I want to just kind of bring you guys back to why are we here? Why is this so important? It's terrifyingly important. And it's disgusting what has happened to the church in the past 150 years, because they have pulled the good news. They have literally, what if I told you, I should have just started with this. What if I told you that modern end times theology has literally pulled the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the good news, which we just established from the church. That's why we are seemingly losing because we've lost the gospel. Now, Corey, I know you had something you wanted to say
4: yeah well that's exactly right they've made a gospel that is the opposite of what god said god sent his son not to condemn the world but to save the world and most people say well that's just talking about people no john three seventeen is talking about he came to sozo save heal deliver the cosmos planet and its inhabitants god came to save the world Not just people. God is reconciling the world back to himself, not counting men's sins against him. He's reconciling people and the planet back to its original positioning of divine favor in the garden. And someone asked a great question. And people are like, well, how do we get the evil off the earth? We have to start believing the promises. There's a promise in here that says in Isaiah 54, tyranny. You'll be establishing righteousness and tyranny shall be far from you. If anyone causes strife or comes to attack you, they will fall down because of you. See, we have the answer is in the word, in his promises. You have to stand on the promises and say, Father, you say this. Father, you say I'll possess lands. You say I'll restore broken cities. You say we'll possess the gates of our enemies. I want that. I want to flow with you. Let's go. Let's rise up. See, the issue we have today is the, the devil has worked overdrive to make the church think it's the end of the world when it's actually the end of him on our planet. <laughs>
0: yes.
4: Right? right? Because think about it. Let's look at, real fast, John 12 and 31.
2: Like I said, guys, get your Bibles out. Get your highlighters out. Get your pens. Get your notebooks out. You're going to want to go back. Yeah, don't be
4: using your Bible app. I always tell everybody at our church, not bring a real Bible.
2: Because you want to underline these
4: things. Yep. They're like, I can underline it in my app. No, stop it. All right, so John 12 and make sure I'm right, 12 and 30, Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world now the ruler of this world will be driven out.
2: Wait, wait, stop. You can't keep doing that. What does now mean? <laughs>
4: <laughs> 2,000 years later in our future, we're still waiting.
0: Oh um, my we, we now, out yet.
4: We need another return. No, don't yes. you know this? Let's, no let's guys, now, now. Hey, wait, Say get out of here now. Wait,
0: right, what, surge?
4: Let's stop
1: right there. Because you said, you said that Jesus has to come back and finish the job, basically. And that's where we're at. We got things like Satan's been defeated, as you're saying, the principalities, the powers, as you're saying, Corey. But we're waiting on him to defeat him again. Or Jesus came back to set his kingdom up, but we're waiting on him to bring his kingdom again. Jesus says that John was the Elijah the calm, that Malachi talked about that would bring the tribulation but we're waiting on malachi or we're waiting on um the the elijah to come back again everything that jesus did we have a church that's waiting on him to do it again go ahead yeah insert that
4: well and what's happened is we have even the best movements out there that's why i'm so glad you guys are doing this they're bringing truth bringing freedom but limited version Mm. we're taking the cap off and saying hold up we actually have complete victory now We're the ones supposed to rise. We're not waiting on anything, right? Like we've been fully equipped for life and godliness. We've already been called kings. Like Jesus already ascended into the throne and opened the seal, opened the book. He overcame, opened the book, and we were declared kings that shall reign on the earth. Jesus said, we have authority over all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt us. So the problem is we're not believing what we are supposed to believe in and who we are because if we do we start possessing the earth we start having dominion this earth is ours and so what what's been going on is in church we have this subconscious idea that we are grasshoppers they are giants when they are cockroaches and we are giants sons of god
2: so i did a blue letter bible search on the word now you guys <laughs> and you know i just got to say it means now it's oh, present now.
1: Jason, get out. right Evil's now, around.
2: present this time. It's not. And, and listen, guys, God's not confusing us because, and I go back to this in the book of Daniel at the end, he said, yo, Daniel. And he said, it just like that. Yo, yo, Daniel, I want you to close up the words of this prophecy. Why? Who knows? Jason knows. Because it's because it's in oh, the future.
0: Yes. It's gonna
2: be far in the yep. future, and that was like five or six hundred years. Okay? Now if he had said it's gonna be now and then the Messiah didn't come for two for five hundred years, you know that would look really weird.
1: He probably but would have said don't close up this book.
2: He would and what does Revelation say?
3: Revelation one hundred nineteen says Write these things that I have shown you, and the things that are, and the things that are about to come, after these things. Come on. Don't... and don't... Re- Boom. Yep, Revelation 22.10. And he said to me, do not seal the words of Boom. the prophecy of this thick, for the time
4: is at hand.
0: What is this? The what time is, time is this is madness? Hand. Jason, expound on that since you had the scriptures.
4: What time?
0: What is it at hand?
4: Does that mean in your hand? The kingdom. Sorry,
0: the kingdom is at hand.
3: So Revelation twenty two ten, he said we do not sit. In Daniel twelve four, it says seal up these words. Ooh. But in Revelation it says, do not seal the words of the prophecy of the Bible, for the time is at hand. It's not at hand today. Two thousand years later, it was at hand in that time that John got the Revelation. And now, then, so we're not waiting. Can He's we? He's prophesying.
2: Can we linger here? I want, can everybody just linger right here on the Daniel seal it up and the Revelation don't seal it up? Could each of you kind
0: of ex-
2: just whatever you want to
0: say? And then I want to go into Jason what we asked you to cover tonight because I think now is the perfect time to go into that um, yeah. because it goes right, it goes hand in hand. So, yeah. Serge, go ahead.
1: Well, you know, in the first chapter alone of Revelation, it mentions three times that these things will happen soon will happen quickly these te- these things are at hand the angel says i'm going to show you things that have taken place half meaning oh some of this that i'm giving you has already taken place i'm going to show you things that are taking place oh that means some of the book of revelation was being fulfilled as he's writing it and i'm going to show you things that must quickly take place.
2: No, no, it doesn't say that.
1: I'm it doesn't, because, like,
2: uh-uh, time. they, they will believe you, these people.
1: <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> but they won't believe that third part, Serge.
1: It, you know why we don't believe that third part? But, because we can't even believe what
0: a generation means. Oh. <laughs> so <what's up> <laughs> Jason laughed. That was a good chuckle. It's true, though. Alright, Corey, go ahead.
4: I'm typing... Well, Go at
0: somebody else. Okay. okay. No, Jason, can you just take a dive? And we're just going to sit back because I know you got got... Serge may have even stole some of the stuff that you had prepared for this. Guys, yeah. there is a big dis- um, dispute. You may not know this. About when the book of Revelations or Revelation, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, was written. Because modern end times theology hinges on it being written at a later date than it actually was. Jason, take it away.
3: So for me, when I first really got into the kingdom message a second time, um, about three years ago, I had to settle in my heart when Revelation was written. Because when I went to Bible school, they're saying it's written in 95, 96 AD. And most of that isn't based on what the scriptures say. It's based on the writings of, a early church father, and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, Ignatius,
0: what he said in, No, what in the, is it? Ignatius is the other one. Okay.
3: Perfect. Yeah. And he wrote in one of his works in the second century that basically he believed that uh, when Paul or when John was exiled was during the reign of Demetrius. And then other later church fathers quoted him. But if we look at the most important thing, what do we say? We want Scripture to tell us that's the main thing we go to. So if we go through Revelations, and Serge already started there. If we just look at Revelations 1.1, it literally says, The revelations in Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. Right. If we go by what John wrote in Revelations, which is part of the sacred scrolls, the, the Bible, it says they'll shortly take place. That doesn't mean it's happening 2,000 years from now. Mm-hmm. Shortly, if I tell my kids, hey, shortly we're going to go on a trip, they're not thinking that it's going to be the generation, like literally it's for 2,000 years, how many generations would that be, 100 generations later, mm-hmm. that we're finally going to take that trip. Right. It literally meant that this was John saying, these are things that are going to shortly take place. And so if you look at the earlier dating of Revelation, most dated around 64 to 65 A.D., what fits that shortly if you read Revelation? It's the Temple Fall in the Jerusalem and Temple Fall of 70 A.D. But like Serge said later, Revelations 1.3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep these things which are written, for the time is near. Mm. So it says that time is shortly taking place. The time is near. And then as we read before, Revelation 119, write the things that you have seen, the things that are, and the things that are about to come after these things. So he's saying, write the things that you've seen in the past, the things that you're seeing right now, right. and the things that are come shortly.
2: Right.
3: It's not a 2,000 year old message. The gospel of the kingdom is now, and it was fulfilled in that generation. And then another reference, if we look, Revelations 11. I am the Alpha, the Mega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. So he named the seven churches. Then were specific churches that were what? Actively in progress at the time of the writing of Revelation. It was not at a later date. It was to these specific churches. Right. And then no, this one, I love this one. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm going with you. There's, this- um, there's an amazing book on this that breaks this completely down. I'm looking for it. It's, it's uh, not down here. It's a- uh, by Ken Gentry. But keep going because this yeah. is key. When you put these together, I just want everybody to kind of follow Jason here. And and the Bible needs to interpret the Bible and yep. not a church father two or three centuries later. Go ahead. Yes.
3: So, Revelations one seven. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. Do you hear that? Even they that pierced him. So, if he's coming today, mm-hmm. I was not a Roman soldier that pierced him. The Roman soldier that that actually empire doesn't exist. Behold, what? he's coming out, and every eye will see even they who pierced him and the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Mm. We were not the Roman soldiers that pierced him. Were we? No, that happened. That generation. And as Serge mentioned earlier, what we don't understand a generation, a Bible generation is what? 40 years. That's right. That's why they spent 40 years in the desert because that generation had to die out. So the new generation could possess the promised land.
0: So
4: and
3: Then this one. Go good. ahead. Keep going. And Then Revelation 1.9. I, John, so this is the writer of this. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation. <laughs> so it's not a tribulation today. He, John was the companion in the tribulation because if you read it, most believe that most of the other apostles were killed before Are around 78, where John was the one that lived the longest. And he said, I will be a companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. So that's just right there. John said, I'm going to be a companion in this tribulation
0: Mm. that he was
3: writing about. It's not for us. It was for that generation. So, Jason, did
0: did you have prepared in your notes about the the different ages that John would have been? If not, that's okay. I just want to highlight it right now. I don't want to take it from you. Because somebody left it in in the chat, and this is really good. Um, Alan Marr, John would have been in his 90s if it had been written in 870, and he was, like, recorded as having, like, ridden horses really fast at that time. And I'm just, I'm not sure that a 95, maybe a 95 year old guy could have been taken off writing. I think the way that John is, is described,
2: it sounds like he was younger than Jesus. So in the seventies, he probably would have been, let's go with 70, at least, you know, 69, 70. But indeed, if you're talking about a later date of even 85 or 95, um, those don't mesh with the age of John writing this writing. Um, And it's very interesting because this book of Revelation, it went far and wide and actual church fathers talked about John during the the that the that the book of Revelation had been in circulation when John went like on a circuit ride around to all these different churches. So, no, he wasn't. Old enough for that to happen because that book of Revelation was already in circulation when he did a circuit ride around to that all these different churches. That would have put him like
0: at like 100 at that point. To do a circuit ride. Yeah, because yeah.
3: the notes I have, if it would have been dated at the later date, basically John would have died within four years at an age of about 94.
2: Yeah.
3: So that means he would have been 90 years old as he was sitting on the island of Patmos.
2: Right. And it
3: just doesn't add up when you look at the yeah. historical content, excluding... That one early church father.
2: So I recommend if you guys want some dig deeping to dig deep just into that one specific topic. This is by Ken Gentry. It's before Jerusalem fell. Uh, uh, Ken Gentry is amazing on this. This is his like doctoral dissertation on uh, dating the Book of Revelation, and it is. It, it is
0: closed can I go ahead and give them a little something something while we're here just different things as we went over this when we did our revelation red pill series some of the things that were more of the um icing on the cake the popcorn flare stuff that was really cool to me to keep you guys because I know that is this is we're kind of all over the place but speaking to the book of Revelation, When John was writing, he was doing it the way that we don't say vaccine on our show. Right. We say jab, right? Because of censorship. We're (laughs) writing in, we're speaking in code. John did that throughout uh, the book of Revelation. So when we talk about the mark of the beast and Nero's name literally being spelled out in um, Hebrew as 666, and Nero was also called the Beast at the time. They literally yeah. called him that. There's a whole host of those Nero things. Nero was so dreaded by many that after his death, there began circulating
2: haunting rumors of his destructive return. In fact, very soon after Nero's death, there grew up a curious legend which remains nigh, well-nigh unique in history. The rumors can be found in the writings of Tacitus. Uh, Zonara, just a bunch of other, uh, historians. In the corpus of the Sibylline Oracles, Nero appears as a constant threat to the world. Sibylline scholar J.J. Collins notes in his regard, this regard, that there is a prominence of Nero as an eschatological adversary throughout the Sibylline corpus. And then there's a few pages to demonstrate the pervasiveness of Nero and these alleged prophecies of folklore. In the Jewish Sibylline Oracles written sometime after AD seventy, there is a veiled reference to Nero that equates him to the dreaded Belir. And it talk it's um and it's it's dread it's a dread to the Jewish people
0: and I could go on and on. But um, my point is to to Jason and I and, and, and I'm I'm not sure if you're done yet or not, because if you're not I want you to continue, but more to the dating of the book of Revelation, right. John literally was talking about Nero, but Nero wasn't in power in A D uh, ninety five when it was supposedly written according to these modern scholars. No. So go right. ahead, Jason.
3: I mean like you said, he—that's his thesis. I've studied this, and I—I I got two pages of notes, just different things, dating from when it, in Revelation 17 when it mentions the seven kings of Revelation, or the Syriac Bible. The cool part about Syriac Bible is said on the basically the title page again the Revelation, which was upon the holy John the Evangelist from God, when he was on the of Patmos where he was thrown by the Emperor Nero. So the translation, the Syriac translation, actually that was the title of it, the wow. Revelation of John when he was there. But I the didn't know that. An arrow.
0: I did not know that. That's incredible.
2: And
3: there's
1: only so. One there's just so point. much. Go mm-hmm. ahead. There's only one reference point that that puts the date after 70 AD. Only one reference point. Only one so his writings. Right. Yeah. And and his writings aren't even that accurate on a whole lot of things. That's all I have. So
3: that's that's a deep dive where you guys, like, dig into that one because there's there's yeah. hours and hours. And right. that book, I actually read some of his stuff online um, yeah. and his some of the best stuff that I found on that specific topic of the dating of the Book of Revelations.
1: So here's a question, though, and it's one I was wanting to bring up because I think we're losing people at this point. But, okay, so if the Book of Revelation is not for the future, if it's already been fulfilled, when,
0: what was it talking about? What's it about? And now we could probably, Jason, if 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 you have something else, go ahead and wrap that up. I don't want to cut anything off. I'm good. Okay, because now, Serge, if are you going to go into Matthew twenty-four?
1: Yeah, let me go into Matthew. Let's 24, and now, course,
0: and you'll but, explain.
1: I'll just hit. Here, the, I'll
3: I'll transition it for you. It's not like The <laughs> incredible player parallels of Matthew twenty-four and Revelation which Jesus said would happen in this generation. And when Jerusalem is surrounded with armies, most of this generation were dead by the time of 96 AD. And Jerusalem was surrounded with armies in 70 AD. Take it away. Sir.
0: Whoa, that was so good. I wish I had just let you do that. That was excellent. Perfect transition, Jason. So what happened? What What is
1: the book of Revelation about? And yeah, Matthew 24 is directly tied to it. And I just want to start the conversation about matthew 24 starts chapters and chapters before but i want to go to matthew 23 29 and i'm just going to highlight a few things we won't stay here long but matthew 23 29 says you know we think of matthew 24 is where everybody goes and like man i see the signs of the times i see the earthquakes and the, the wars it's getting close jesus is coming back any second it's like that's not even what it's talking about matter of fact it says be careful of those people who speak that way. Wow. But Matthew 23, 29 says, woe to you. This is a warning Jesus is giving. This is the conversation about what people call the end of the world. This is a conversation that we've been taught is the conversation about the end of the world. Matthew 23, 29, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, not the whole world, scribes and Pharisees he's not talking about the destruction of a whole world
4: scribes you mean he's
1: not
0: talking Pharisees. about George Soros not nope because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he has got to be the beast right now
1: nope not talking about George not talking about Tesla guy not nope you and if you go further on down it says therefore you are witnesses against yourself that you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. I, I don't know anyone on this planet who is a son of those who murdered the, uh, the prophets. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's who Jesus I don't think Jesus is talking about the whole world. And in verse uh, 36, it says this, the big one. Surely, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And I've heard it been taught that we're that generation. Well, that doesn't even make sense because the, ba- the Bible is accurate. The Bible is not messy. And in the word of God, the- a generation is 40 years, not 2000 years. It doesn't even make sense. I asked a kid recently and I read them this verse. It was actually my son. I said, what does this mean to you? Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And he was like, what do you mean? Like. It's going to come upon this generation. I was like, exactly. It's exactly what it means. It doesn't take brain science. We don't have to, like, piece things together. It happened in that generation. Let's jump on down. Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jesus is warning Jerusalem, not the whole world. The one who killed the prophets. Not the whole world. He's talking about Jerusalem. This is what this is what Revelations is about. It's about Jerusalem. It's not about the whole world. It's not about a destruction in the in the future. Jesus said it would happen to that generation. Matthew 24, 1. It says that Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came up to him and they said, Hey Jesus, look at the temple. It was an amazing temple. It was beautiful. Look at the temple. He Wasn't said, it a
0: wonder of the world at the time? It was a wonder of the world at the time,
1: and Jesus said to them, "Do you not see all these things, pointing at the temple? Not the whole world. Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left on another; that shall not be thrown down." Hey, He's Serge, talking. what did they? Go ahead. What did they call the temple back then? Oh. oh, it was three parts. They called the temple the heavens, the earth, and the sea.
4: Okay
2: Corey, wait, wait this is Cor- this is Corey's little wheelhouse. Go ahead, Corey. tell us about the temple.
4: So yeah, I mean, to find out, the temple was a replica or a representation of the cosmos. okay? So you had the inner court, the outer court, and then the sea. The inner court was the holy of Holies. The outer court was where the priests would go and then you had the sea, which was where the people would would mingle. Um, but they, it was a representation of the cosmos. So they called it the heavens and the earth in, in Jerusalem. And people have asked me, Corey, how do you know that? Well, you have to learn the language of that time. And so I actually, I was looking for my screenshots because I have some on my computer. I I put them in a folder, but in Josephus's writings, he actually has, uh, he was one of the most renowned historians of that time. And he explains the temple is a exact representation of the heavens, the earth, the sea. And so, yeah, they called the temple the heavens and the earth. So when you read Matthew 24, that's why they why King James is like, what's the sign of the end of the world? Right? I'm not going to go into it. But, you know, and then it says the heavens and the earth will be destroyed. People think it means the planet. It's not the planet. The, the, take it away, sir. Yeah. Well, let me go into Matthew 24, 3.
1: Because we'll talk about that. It says, now, as he sat, this is the same conversation. They came out of the temple and said, Jesus, check out the temple. And he said, yeah, that thing's getting ready to be destroyed. And it's going to happen in this generation. And then they they went to Jesus privately. Same conversation. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Jesus privately saying, tell us when these things will happen. What things? What he was just talking about. He's not ADD. It's the same conversation. And what will be the sign of your coming? And the end of the age. Not the end of the world. That's a bad translation. Get rid of your New King James Version. It's not working. It's the end of an age. Age in the New Testament. When you go do your word studies, as a lot of us like to do, age is literally means age of the Old Covenant age of the old testament governance it's not talking about the end of the world
4: it's a really
2: horrible translation you guys and other translations do say do they not corey age yes
4: yeah yeah i just want to
2: insert something here the word is aeon it's aeon it's not cosmos this is this is the this right here is the most confusing scripture in the entire Eschatological end times nonsense.
0: But let's—I'm going to insert this very quickly while surge continues. The trans—we talk about. I grew up always hearing about the old ta, old covenant and the new covenant. The old covenant and the new covenant. Got that down. Learned that in very early in my like childhood Bible school. I remember it. The old covenant, the new covenant. The old covenant. But all they taught us was the old covenant, the new covenant. They never, ever addressed the transition. They never said yeah, like. Yeah. So yes. what I'm saying is something that is so important of yeah. the sacrifice's ending and Jesus bringing about whatever it was that we we're taught he was supposed to bring if it's just salvation fine let's just go with that whatever what why is it that no one ever points out in scripture when Jesus addresses the all of it because he does because it's so important Jesus right. was literally talking about the transition from the old to the new but we don't preach it carry on
1: and that that transition was an end of the old governance and the start of a new yes. and that's that's the deal what is Jesus talking about he's talking about the the he says old jerusalem you're getting ready to be destroyed. He looks at the temple and says, this temple is getting ready to be destroyed. He's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. He's not talking about the destruction of the world. That's the punchline to all of this.
2: And We're why? The future. You guys are talking about the covenant. So right. in Matthew 23, we see the covenant breakers. Oh, right. come on. The covenant yep. breakers. Those who broke the covenant... Yep. and he taught you see it over and over again in the New Testament he said and and we can even go back here just a little bit. he says um when you're reading oh Jerusalem Jerusalem you that kill the prophets and stone them that are sent unto you you're breaking the Covenant how often I would have gathered your children together even as a hen gathered her chicks under her wings but you would not behold your house how your, maybe he was going to get your to covenant that. is left de- desolate well this was back oh I was
0: 23 okay yeah. all right
1: Right. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about the destruction of the whole world. He's talking yeah. about the destruction of Jerusalem and, and the temple. And why was that so huge? It's because how long have they been worshiping God through a temple made with hands? For thousands of years, yeah. they've been worshiping that way. And that yeah. was being brought to an end. Yeah, And Jesus was destroying it. And at 70 AD... In that generation, just like Jesus prophesied it would happen, that temple was destroyed and so was Jerusalem completely. Not one stone left on another.
0: The heavens it's and the earth and the destroyed. sea destroyed. passed destroyed. away.
1: Yes. The heavens and the earth and the sea passed away. And I want to say this before we get into that. it, The early church knew of this prophecy that Jesus had and they were looking for. And in verse 20 uh, Matthew 24, 16, it says, They they knew of this prophecy. They said, Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the mount housetop go down to take and don't take anything out of their house. And what I'm trying to say is they knew of that warning in the early church, and this is written by two Jewish historians of the time, that they were looking for it. And that when when the, the army surrounded Jerusalem, they did flee. And it's recorded twice that not one believer in God, in Christ, not one was damaged or hurt or died in the destruction of this temple in Jerusalem. And I find that fascinating.
0: I want to read some comments, and I hope you can hold your chain of thought because this is so great. Um... Sir, Sir Thriving Mama, and I know who that is in the chat, says, this is a lot for me, a total departure from the end times teachings I grew up on. I'm gonna need to rewatch this in slow-mo to wrap my head around it. And I've got Tracy in the chat on Facebook asking questions that I told him to hold on to at the end. Are you saying the seals have already opened? Um, were the two witnesses already killed? We're gonna address all of yes, these things, guys. We are. Eventually, but maybe yeah. not tonight. The, because everything that we've been taught is a uh, distorted version of scripture. So here's how we're doing this. What Serge is laying out, what Jason laid out beautifully earlier, and what Corey is laying out is all of the things fit perfect. So let's just take them one at a time before your mind goes to all these, but what about this and what about this? Let's just learn... The things that we're being taught right now, and I know they're making sense one at a time for you. And then we will address every single issue. That's why it's a whole series.
2: Yeah, so let me just jump in and let you know. The reason I recommend this this archaeological Bible is it will tell you things that have happened in history. And so it does say in the study notes in Matthew 24... (laughs) This prophecy was fulfilled literally in AD 70 when the Romans under Titus completely destroyed Jerusalem and the temple buildings. Stones were even pried apart to collect the gold leaf that melted from the roof when the temple was set on fire. Excavations in 1968 uncovered large numbers of these stones toppled from the walls by the invaders. And, uh, there's more, there's more to this, but let me just, I want to talk to you guys. I want to, I want to read this. This is very interesting in this archeological Bible. It actually has a section on Josephus because it's cool like that. The Jewish historian Josephus is our primary source of information about the fall of Jerusalem. During the Jewish revolt of AD 66 to AD 70, Josephus began as a rebel leader but midway, he switched his allegiance to the Roman side of the conflict. He had accompanied the Roman general Titus to the siege of Jerusalem and was thus an eyewitness to the harrowing events of the city's fall. As the Romans slowly crushed the revolt of out- in outlying areas, refugees flooded into Jerusalem for the climatic battle of the war. The Jews inside the city were torn by internal dissent various rebel groups vying for control. There was horrendous loss of life. The conditions worsened as the Romans laid siege to Jerusalem in the spring of AD 70. Titus' troops took the outer wall around May and captured the strategic fortress of Antonia. The destruction of the temple was imminent, but many of the Jewish defenders likely believed that God would defend them and his temple to the last. Nonetheless, At the end of August, the Romans successfully attacked the temple, setting fire to its gates and overwhelming its defenders. With the sanctuary fallen, the Jews lost hope and carnage ensued. Josephus describes it like this. No pity was shown on account of age or out of respect for anyone's dignity. Children and elderly, lay people and priests alike were slain. The battle surged ahead and surrounded everybody, including both those who begged for mercy and those who resisted the flames spread out into a great distance and its noise mixed with the groans of the perishing and such was the height of the ridge and the magnitude of the burning that one would have imagined the whole city was aflame thus jesus prophecy regarding the destruction of the
0: temple was fulfilled I'm gonna answer one thing and then Serge, I'm so sorry we interrupted you, but this is getting really exciting to me because the people in the chat are getting it. Like (laughs) Stacy is saying, you guys are blowing my mind. Anne has questions. The Bible says, I will come like a thief in the night. Could you address that? The fact that you guys have questions (laughs) is so exciting to me because because now it's starting to click. And we are, I promise you in this series, I have goosebumps on my head right now, I'm gonna cry. (laughs) The fact that you're questioning proves that you're getting it. What Leah yep. just read and what Serge is going to continue to expound upon us as the body of Christ, not knowing this is like an American who has never heard about the revolutionary war. Yep. Mm, so exactly. Good. Carry on Serge.
1: Well, I just want to, I'm going to bring it to a close and hang this uh, hand this over to Corey, but you know, it never, we see prophecies of a temple being destroyed and it was destroyed and there's no prophecy of a third temple being erected and destroyed. That say that again.
2: Sense. Say it again.
1: There's no prophecies of a third temple being built and destroyed again. None. We are the temple. We are the yes. temple. Ooh, and that's listen, good. He went from a temple made with hands and he made us the temple. Do <laughs> you think God's going go to go back without human the hands? With the that's ridiculous. That That is almost blasphemous. And I would say this I hear people saying, well, that's just a shadow of things to come. You don't get to say that. That's not <laughs> biblical. That's not <laughs> biblical. That's just your opinions because your ways don't fit into it. But here's the deal. We're the temple of God, like Corey said. Jesus said he brought the kingdom. There's not another kingdom common. This is it. No. It's a seed yeah. and it grows. We're in it. A, a question was asked, how do we rid evil then? And three things came to me. re rid evil by... Believe in who we are, which we are sons and daughters of God. We rid evil by believing what we are. We are kings and priests on this earth. And we rid evil by believing where we are. We are in the kingdom. We're not getting ready for some great judgment. We got to know who we are, which is sons and daughters of God. We have to know what we are. We're kings and priests. And we have to know that we're on this side of history not on that side we're in the kingdom now we get to bring the glory of god which will cover the earth the bible says that his kingdom will come when the son was born when the son is born jesus he would bring the kingdom and it will forever expand and his kingdom will have no end that's where we're at today we're in the kingdom age we're not in a church age we're in the kingdom age we are here on this planet to restore it. The restoration of all things, as Paul puts it. Yeah,
0: Serge, that's I, e- excellent. Go ahead, Jason. So there's yeah, Jason got, had one. a
2: couple more comments. Just we'll read, let j- okay, good, cool. Jason. We can Go read ahead. the comments
0: in a second. Okay.
3: In one of my favorite scriptures, and Serge knows this, and it ties to what we're waiting on. We're not waiting on Jesus to come again. Romans eight nineteen, in the Passion Translation, says the entire universe... Is standing on tiptoes, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. It's knowing our identity. Like Sir said, we got to know we're sons and daughters. We got to know we're kings and priests. The whole world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God to rise up and enforce what Christ did on the cross and what was fulfilled in
0: 70 AD. Jason, Amen. boom.
2: That's so good.
0: All right, so Thriving Mama says, it makes sense. That's why we're questioning. It actually makes more sense than what we've been taught. Yes, ma'am. Pope uh, yes.
2: 1984 says, isn't there also talk about blood flowing in the streets? Yes, you're mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. right. So, yeah. so these outer villages, as, as Titus began to close in on Jerusalem, uh, that was one reason why Josephus was like, you know what? You guys are, you've
0: lost it. We've lost the plot. We're losing. He was a Jewish rebel. He was a Jewish rebel. And then he, and he goes and fights for the Romans. Yeah,
2: because he could see that it was, it was a lost cause, but the blood ran through the streets, just like he prophesied the blood. It actually, Josephus talks about the blood
0: being in the rivers. Okay. The carnage was absolutely and we can get into more detail on this in another episode where we really will break down and take you as if you have been there in 70 AD with all of the gory details of just how bad it was. But but tonight, we really just wanted to give you a glossary, you know, like kind of gloss over, all, not gloss, but you know what I mean, cursory glance at all these different a- aspects. One more comment says, Cheryl says, we are the heaven and earth and sea. How cool. Guys, you know, I love this so much. Go ahead, search.
1: Here's a little bomb. It says that There'll be a new heaven and a new earth, the temple of God, and there'll be no more sea. Why is that? Because the sea was the outer, it was the outer course. And even the sea talks about it being the Gentiles. No, we've all been brought near the Bible.
0: I never saw that. And that's why we talk about And That's these why there's
2: no more sea. Because the because guys, yeah. seriously, can you just react in in there. There? Oh God's We're all gonna totally there. destroy the planet and there's gonna be no more water? No. Like, no, because work with
4: us.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay,
0: Corey. Corey. Where do you want to go? We're ready for whatever you've got.
4: Okay, so I, I want to distill everything for everyone. What's the point? Why are we doing this? What are we so excited about? Well, we have realized that it's not the end of the world, first of all. And we've also realized that we have dominion this planet is our birthright and that these evil ones with evil agendas out there shouting um, they're a bunch of losers and they are weak, they gave their lives to Satan we're the strong ones, we're the ones that didn't bow down right? right? so they're actually the scared ones putting on a show because they're hoping that you guys will keep believing that a beast is going to arise and defeat you so they bring up the number 666 over and over, and all these new believers are like, I knew it. It's uh They did an earthquake. Ah, earthquakes. Dude, there's been earthquakes every day. Every day. Okay. There's people watching the earthquake map. Oh my gosh. I've seen a 6.7. <laughs> Psalm 6.7. Oh my gosh. I think it's the end of the planet. Okay. You know? Oh my gosh. Famine. Yep. That's biblical. No, 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 guys, that stuff happened in 70 AD. And the thing is, Jesus in Matthew 24, he spoke privately to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. What are the signs we will see? Jesus told them the signs they would see Then Matthew 24, 34. He says, all these things will happen in this generation. Some people say Jesus missed that one. (laughs) <laughs> no, you just need to do a study. He, it happened, okay? Because they thought it meant the real heaven and earth. They didn't realize the verbiage. It's actually um, the
2: greatest Christian apologetic, and apologetic is a way to kind proof. of prove to uh, unbelievers that the Bible's real. This, to me, is the greatest Christian apologetic. Yeah, Jesus, or at least he that Jesus was a prophet. Yeah, that he said that in a generation, this beautiful temple that Herod had actually helped embellish, and and people came from all over the world. It was a wonder of the world. No one thought why would it why would it be torn down? There would be no reason for it. As a matter it, of fact, Titus did not want it torn down. In fact, it was it's amazing. Titus loved the temple. It was beautiful. They looked at it as a beautiful building. Okay, imagine something like the Sistine Chapel. Would you want to tear it down? It's you know what I mean. He said it. he
4: was being used by God.
2: <laughs> yeah, There's
4: but he ordered of him saying, "Yeah." He ahead.
2: ordered his soldiers not to tear the temple down, and by the the soldiers were overcome and overwhelmed that they went they went berserko basically, and and they destroyed the temple, against yeah. orders, by the way.
4: Yeah, and, and yeah, I saw some re- reports where he said God's hand has moved us here. Yes. Um, but yeah, 1.1 million Jews destroyed. Temple destroyed. The Christians, those who heard the the sermon Jesus gave them on the Mount of Olives, they fled to Pela. Is it the name of the city yeah. in the mountains? Pela
0: or Pela, however you want to say yeah. it. P-E-L-L-A. Pe- yeah,
4: in Spanish. Pela. <laughs> uh No. Okay, hold on. mine switched. Um, yeah, we speak Spanish in Nicaragua. So they <laughs> fled to that city and they they escaped the tribulation, the wrath. Okay. They were saved. The Jews persecuted the ones who didn't receive the gospel. They went preaching the gospel, brush your feet off in that city. That was the whole nation that they knew. That's why Paul said the God, this gospel has been preached to every creature under all of heaven, because that was their Heavens and earth. Say so one more Jerusalem time. And that surrounding area.
2: I hate to go over some of these ones. I, I actually love it. Actually, forget it. I love this. Yeah. um These are some scriptures that, when you hit them, it kind of goes. Froop. Say that again, because a lot of people say, "And the gospel shall be preached into the end of the world, and then will come." Then the uh, end, and, end the, will and, come.
4: The, end of the planet. No, okay. it's the end of the age of Moses. And Oops. then you yeah. said.
2: What scripture that the gospel had been it's
4: preached? It's Colossians 1. Yeah, I think it's 22. I haven't used that one in a long time. Let me pull it up here.
0: I love that Corey is a chapter and verse guy. Makes it very helpful.
4: Colossians 1.5. 5. 1, 5. Is that it? Yep. Yep. Colossians one five. Just as... All right, so we'll go back a little bit. Well, yeah, five works. So it says, or actually, yeah, five. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, you have heard of this hope before in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you, just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world. So it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. Yeah.
1: Yeah, look at look at Colossians one twenty three. It says, yeah. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from is. the yeah. hope of the gospels which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, which was preached to every creature under heaven.
0: Wow.
4: Yeah. And then the end came and it was the end of the age of Moses. See, the devil is pulling tricks on the church, trying to dominate through tech, world economic forums and all this weird stuff because the church hasn't realized we've entered into the king's kingdom age. It's an eternal age like Isaiah nine. Once Jesus came, once the son is born and son is given, the government's on his shoulders of its increase. There is no end. When the kingdom comes, what does it do? It breaks the statue into pieces, into chaff that blows away and becomes a mountain that covers the whole earth. We're in that time, but the enemy has made the church think we're waiting on this, waiting on that, and this and the other thing. You know, completely not understanding the word of God because people, you can read it all you want. If you have the wrong picture in your brain, you're going to just skip over a bunch of stuff. Yeah, like Like that part, for example... Because no, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't been to every nation. Because the end hasn't come. End of planet. No, it was the end of the age of Moses. And so, just to touch on something real fast, to prove it's the end of Mo- Moses' age, do you guys still go to the temple in Jerusalem and sacrifice doves and do ceremonial washings? Any I haven't
0: in a while. Been a long time.
4: <laughs> yeah, two thousand years. Yeah. yeah, the temple hasn't been there for a long time, so it's been a long time. Sure. Nobody does that. Guys, end of the age of Moses. So what age is left? Jesus came, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? Change your way of thinking. The dominion of God is now here. They went out, cast devils out. His disciples got back. Oh my gosh, these demons are even subject to us in your name. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Past tense, Saul. He saw it already. It already happened. Most people are thinking, oh, Revelation talking about he's going to fall and come to the. He already fell. All right. And he got stomped at the cross and the resurrection. And we're still trying to think he's chasing us when we're the kings stomping him, removing him off the earth. And if we're in the kingdom age and this kingdom is growing, which it is in Jesus name, touching all nations, all nations that are wicked are being crushed. And God's people are rising up all throughout this earth. If that's happening, we need to evict these evil spirits. Remember how nervous they were? Jesus, did you come to torment us before our time? Our time. Yeah, they know they have a time. I know they have a time. God sits in heaven and laughs because he knows their time is, is near. It's their time. They're beyond their time. They don't like this for, for one. But I'm here to tell you this is the victorious gospel. We bind them demons in, in the pit of hell, in the lake of fire. There's a real lake of fire, guys. You can read the book of Enoch. Um, There's a lake of fire. That's their destination. All demons, evil spirits that hear my voice, I bind you, command you to the lake of fire. See, the problem is Christians cast demons out in Jesus' name, some, very few. But where are you sending them?
0: Come on and preach
4: it. Where are you putting them? I taught a whole church this in Nicaragua. I was like, we're going to cast every demon out of this whole building. It's a big church. I said, but wait... Where are we going to send it to the pit of hell? And, and I was like, cause if I cast that, what if it goes to Costa Rica and takes over some of them and nobody had an answer. I said, we send it to hell <laughs> to its place of torment and you command them to go. So we have to start dealing with this stuff. Um, but the Corey, is that why gospel-
0: when, uh, the demoniac at the demons in the demoniac Asked Jesus to be sent into the herd of swine as opposed to
4: yeah the lake of fire because
0: it doesn't make any sense. No one understands that scripture. By the way, why would Jesus kill a bunch of pigs? Right? Why? No, the
4: pigs want to commit suicide having a bunch of demons. That's what I think. (laughs)
2: All right, I wanna just jump in. Um, Someone says, consider getting Corey's book, Born Again as King's initial reading was overwhelming, but listening and talking with others, seeking to comprehend the truth begins to clear the fog of the modern end time. Someone says, you're all adding to my confusion, but they're laughing. Uh, And the American Patriots for Jesus um, has a couple questions and people are answering them in the chat. What is the age of Moses? What happens after the end of the age of Moses? And so we don't need to do what the Bible says. "Quote laws." Maybe somebody can. Um, so, so this is maybe this is, maybe somebody can clear this up. She says, "So um, or he, heat. sorry, he." So just love and no need to do what the Bible says. What it, can you guys clear that up? The old covenant and the laws, maybe a little bit. Somebody, Jason, we're not doing the
4: law of Moses. <laughs> go I mean, you can try if you want.
0: Jason, but... go ahead.
4: Yeah, Jason. I, I guess I'm not fully under
3: like.
0: So they're saying. So wait a minute. We don't need to do what the, the if the law, law has passed away. Then or is it kind of a free for all? You read the Bible. You do what you want as long as you love. Because a, a lot of people understand the message of Jesus as just having been just just love, Jesus is just love.
3: Gotcha. But that Jesus gave us the commandment of love, yeah. the great commandment, and that actually love will fulfill all the law. It will fill all the Ten Commandments. If I operate in love, I'm not going to be an adulterer. I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to kill. Because in a society, and we're seeing it actually in America, the more morality is lost, the more laws they try to pass. But if I operate in love, I will fulfill every law that's written, and even the ones that were the spoken law. Because law, the law of love will never let me hurt my brother or my sister so i won't steal i won't kill i won't do all these things and i'll be led by righteousness because in love is the righteousness of god so that for me the law of love fulfills every commandment that was ever given in the law of moses
0: excellent that's exactly what i was looking for yes and i don't know if that i I hope that answered your question american patriots for jesus there in the chat what we're saying is the old let me just jump in and give you
2: what the disciples said so When New Believers, um, the Gentiles, were coming into the church, um, some of the Jewish uh, Christians were still keeping a lot of the ceremonial laws and a lot of the different things. And there were people who were making the uh, Gentiles get circumcised, um, telling them to keep the Sabbath and and, and making sure that they didn't eat any food that, that was unkosher. And they actually convened, it's in the book of Acts, um, the apostles convened and they said, what do we do about these new Gentile converts? And they, they prayed about it and they came up with something that was pretty simple. And they said, tell them not to have sex outside of marriage, don't fornicate, and don't eat foods offered to idols. And in that, and then in following these basic other moral codes that were for, for everybody, okay, and so those were the simple things. So if you're talking about things in the in the old covenant, the the, the ceremonial laws, obviously nobody is following the ceremonial laws because you can't go to the temple, you can't sacrifice. Nobody can follow any of those. Okay, you know, I, you know, you used to have to go and offer a couple doves after you were like in administration or something like that, right? So there, are, those are a lot of different things in the old Old Testament that were guideposts for us to Christ. And then I also like to point to Jesus. So when the woman was caught in adultery, the punishment for adultery was death, okay? And what Jesus came is he fulfilled the essence of what he was trying to show people was, don't commit adultery, don't break those covenants. And he looks at the woman and he says, you know, he, he you, know, you, you without sin cast the first stone and nobody throws a stone. And he says, nobody's here to condemn you. I don't condemn you. He said, your sins are forgiven now. Go and sin no more. Okay? So Jesus didn't kill her. And under the old covenant, the punishment was death. But Jesus was bringing the essence of what God's heart was into it. So God's heart, the letter of the law
0: kills. The spirit of the law Gives life, so I want Corey to go ahead and, and and take this away. But I want you guys to know we will do a very brief Q and A um, here in a little bit, and and kind of I address try to address some of your questions, at least tell you yes we are going to get to that, and 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 here's why. Um, but I want you guys to understand that you're going to have like a thousand questions and it's normal and it's okay save them bring them week after week and we will try to address them corey and Serge and jason are going to be regulars on our revelation red pill round table um they will be our round table so when we come back and we convene we'll have different people individually we may have them individually but we will be doing these round tables quite frequently um and so there's this is there's a lot to get to. So I understand your questions and I'm excited about them. So hold on to them, write them down and we will get to them eventually. I promise.
4: So revelation 20 verse 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. If anyone's name was not found in the book of life, that person was thrown into the lake of fire. Just clarify that there is a lake of fire. For the demons, God doesn't want his children, people going there. That's why he hopes we understand this message and help in the ministry of reconciling the planet and people back to God because um, they both go together. But in essence, the the reasoning that we're here, guys, is, is we have a truth. We have a message that the devil doesn't want out. It's That's called right. the message of the kingdom, right? The parable of the sower. If we read the explanation, it says, if anyone hears the message of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, immediately the evil one comes to snatch that which was sown so that they may not be saved. If anyone hears the message of the kingdom, the message of the dominion, kingdom is the dominion of God, the government of God, the rule and reign of God, on earth that he gave to us because we are his children to be kings. So if if anyone doesn't understand this message, then what happens the devil tries to get it out? So it's important to understand that the kingdom is here. It's here. And you can tell that by seeing the temple is destroyed. If it's here, moving forward, we have a lot of work to do. Someone asked, what do we do if that age has ended? Well, We need to make sure that the church gets up to speed. We're getting everyone up to speed. But like the last chapter in my book, I say, hey, we need to be asking questions. What type of future do we want? Because these globalists, they got documents, PDFs, you can look it up, the world we want. And they go around, have nation leaders sign it and agree it. And, And I'm like, where's the church's future they want? What do we want? And so my whole mission this year part of it is to share forth the future god wants the future god wants the agenda god wants because look the bible says many are the plans of men but it's the lord's purpose that provides we've been so distracted watching the enemy create plans imagining them getting our imagination hijacked right what, giving our attention to lies and letting them grow into weeds to where you're speaking out death and doom and gloom instead of heaven on earth. We're supposed to be seeing heaven on earth. It's not biblical to see a famine. Those things happen. It's not biblical to see a war. Those things happen. It's biblical to see heaven on earth. What is the Lord's prayer? Come on. We made up a whole bunch of weird stuff, a whole bunch of weird religion. That's why we're seeing this stuff. Because the church is fulfilling its own prophecies of speaking death and doom and gloom and destruction for years. Come on. the church has been using their mouth brother things are getting bad That's just how it's supposed to be last mm-hmm. days dude last days of the age of moses not the planet god so loved this world remember and that word is planet he so loved this planet he sent his son that whosoever would believe in him would have eternal life he sent his son not to condemn the planet the cosmos but to save it And then he tells us in Isaiah 61 that we are these oaks of righteousness a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor that we will rebuild, renew, restore broken cities. The wealth of the nations will come to us. We will have vineyards and flocks and all this stuff, guys. And some people watching may say, Corey, what are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about being kings of the earth. All right. Mm. And I don't just talk about this stuff. I know there's preachers that can talk the talk and all that stuff. I actually have flocks of sheep and goats. I got a horse right before this guy sent me a picture of a male horse. I'm like, sweet. I'm breeding horses, uh, goats, sheep, dogs, got taken possessions of lands, planted thousand something fruit trees, about to do it again in like in April. So we're multiplying, taking possession of lands. Guys, I believe that this earth is mine. It's my inheritance. the meek inherit the earth. And so it happens. See, if you believe for the end times that things are supposed to get worse and worse, you're gonna get that. That's why most yeah. people want to get out of here. Like, and you tell them there's no rapture. Okay, wait, I gotta just, like,
0: no, let me have can, this one. I want it.
2: it, I want it. Okay, go ahead. Read the I
0: comment. want this one. I want, I want to answer it. it though,
4: because
2: okay.
0: you just did. I've been waiting to read this comment and you literally just answered it. So I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna lead into it and then you Holy can get ghost. to it. Sir, Thriving Mama <laughs> says, and this is going to be a lot of people. I'm having a hard time with the anticlimactic, no end of the world situation. I was really looking forward to the rapture. Also, if this is the kingdom, what happens when we die? Is there another kingdom? I'm going to leave the second half of that question to somebody else. I could answer it, but we'll share We'll share this one. To me, what, what Corey just said is we, as the body of Christ, have manifested the awful, state that the world is in right now that you don't want to be in. Let me pose to you this.
4: We can fix it too with our words. If
0: we lived in a world where tyrants Mm hid in corners and the sons of God were in all governmental positions and immediately when someone did something wrong, justice was done and you were blessed. In every area of your life and in coming and going and the blessings of Deuteronomy were on your life. And you had kids who were having grandkids. Would you still be looking forward to the rapture? I'm going to answer that's rhetorical. No, you wouldn't. Now, the second half of your question goes to kind of, okay, well, I can believe you on that. Let's say we all, we, the, the kingdom of God is manifesting on the earth and we see the tyrants put down and we, we take dominion like just, or like uh, Corey is talking about. So then, I don't know, I don't care who wants to answer well, this next part. Before you go
2: there, I just want you to know that, the, that there are people who went before us that manifested the kingdom of God in, in, by faith. Yeah. They were called the pilgrims. They were called the founding fathers, and there was a time when the founding fathers were looking at each other like,
0: can you believe what we just did?
2: Can you believe that we've got it? Can you believe this is a Christian nation? Alec de Tocqueville came here and said that he would walk through the streets and people would be singing about God. He would say, I've never seen people filled with God. People were educated educated according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christianity was everywhere. Our founding fathers got this vision that we're talking about. They were what what we were called post-millennialists. They believed that the millennial reign was here on earth and they were dead by God to, to right. bring it and manifest it into place. Actually, the Puritans believe that they were setting up the new Jerusalem here and they had it deep inside their bones. The pilgrims came here with a 500-year plan to build a utopia. And what happened was the devil came in and and through, and we will get to this later on, the Schofield Reference Bible and John Darby. And of course, when everything's going really good, it's in the Bible. It says that the devil comes in or the cares of this world come in or other things come in and snatch it. But I'm telling you, there was a time that our country and this amazing vision was come out of nowhere. God placed it in the hearts of the men and women, and it's what we've been talking about. God placed it in the hearts of many women because of a revival that happened. The Bible got into the hands of believers, and they said, we are going to manifest the kingdom of God on earth, and we're going to go to America, and God gave them dreams, and God gave them visions, and they came here, and they did it. And you know what happened? It got a little bit sideways, and it got a little bit stoic, and so God stirred them up with George Whitefield and John Wesley, and they all got baptized the Holy Spirit they started speaking in tongues there was revival all up and down New England and then and then as a result of people getting saved and filled the Holy Spirit and repenting their hearts were ready for God to bless them in the glorious revolution and I'm telling you guys I want you guys to get encouraged I want to get you to the fire underneath of you because something broke out in Asbury Kentucky it's revival we've been spreading the news that revival is gonna hit there is a great harvest coming and as revival comes and as we turn and repent that God can come and heal our land and you're going to have a good life, speak it over your family, yep. speak it over your children, as for me and my house, your, your, your city, your state, your nation, we're going to serve the Lord and you're going to see in the second half of your life what you could never have imagined, but it's been in darkness for the past 100 years, we've been in the dark <laughs> age and that's why Corey and Jason and Serge and I are so excited because we are going to oh, see it and on we're going to speak it forth in your life. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have a long life. You're going to live a long life. Your kids are going to have a long life and your kids are going to have kids and your kids are going to have kids and your kids are going to have kids and heaven is going to manifest
0: here on earth. So get excited.
2: Okay. Yes. So The
0: second half of the question, Corey is also, if this is the kingdom, what happens when we die? Is there another kingdom? You do something with your hands like this. I've seen you do this where the yeah. kingdom of heaven, right? Converges yeah. with earth. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, so basically, I'll just explain it like this. (laughs) That's what's happening. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's families in heaven. They coming back. They doing a reverse rapture, if if that makes sense. (laughs) Uh, But so, yeah, and that's kind of like, you know, my thoughts on it. But if we want to get the scriptures out which we should do on this. If you look at Ephesians 1, 9 and 10, and this is another one that you, over here, if you see these books, this is the interlinear um, Bible, which reads the exact Greek and Hebrew, and then underneath is the Strongs. So I like to, some people are like, Cory, where did you get that scripture? What version was that? But I'm saying it from my studies, like what it actually means sometimes. But I'll read this one for now. It's RSB, Ephesians one, nine and ten. It says he has made known to us the mystery of his will. Pause. Say that. He has made known to us the mystery of his will. You guys get that? So we don't need to be confused. American patriot for Jesus. His mystery has been revealed. Let's let's hear what it is. It says, according to his good pleasure that he sent forth in Christ as a plan for all the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Gather up in him. Some versions say all things in heaven and on earth come together under one head, Christ Jesus. That's the way it says in the interlinear. All things in heaven and on earth come together under one head, Christ Jesus. And that means authority. Everything in heaven on earth is coming to, under the authority of Christ. Mm. That's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so we're all, we're all working to maneuver the earth into that place. Heaven wants to invade. Heaven does invade my life. Me and my son practice saying heaven on earth, heaven on earth, heaven on earth. Today we sing that in the morning and we speak it out but guess what we experience heaven on earth and i saw someone said well i don't see any of this stuff happening well you got to change what you say a whole a man's whole life is guided by their tongue and if you're speaking yeah brother things are getting worse oh financial i knew it that's how it's supposed to be yep my pocketbook's looking like that too it's going down 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 no stop saying stuff that's you see what you say you see what you say would anyone agree well, I think even worldly people that practice these business principles understand that you see in your life what you say. Trump so practices that. So he starts saying that. the promises. Huh?
2: Trump Trump practices that to a fault almost, but he is really good at turning anything negative and just speaking, turning anything that they throw at him and then turning it into a positive. To a fault.
4: Yeah, I did learn something from his book. Anytime anger rises, switch it into production, making money, <laughs> and I—he's <laughs> I like, that's the fiercest energy you can have to make money, and and so, dude, if you guys try that, the devil will not want to mess with you. By the way,
0: so Corey, um, Doug says, so if Biden continues to push for World War 3 doesn't that end our world?
4: Okay, so let me explain something. This is what God wanted me to share. So I'm in Nicaragua. There's no tyranny over me. I'm living free as can be. Um, but the thing is, you need, here's what I was like, God, should I go there and, and do this there? I pass time with God with his promises, okay? Like, I am friends with God. You you need to get on the friend side of God and Say, God, right here, I'm going to show you the, what I what I do, okay? I'm going to show you how we broke tyranny off of us once. They told me I had to get out of Nicaragua. All pastors working with pastors have to get out of Nicaragua. That was me. I was literally going to meet 25 pastors, one of them running to be president. I was going to meet them when I got this news. And they said, Jezebel is after you. I said that Jezebel's never met a son like me before. I'm not leaving. Because God sent me here, right? And I'm like, who is this guy and lady? They don't even know God trying to kick me out. And so I'm going to show you what I did. Okay? I read this scripture. See, I started doing that. Um, Isaiah 40, 54 is where we're going to be at. It says, and, and I don't like this version as much, but anyway, it says, All your children, we're in verse 13, Isaiah 54, 13. It says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the prosperity of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, and tyranny shall be far from you. Mm. This one says, And oppression shall be far from you. For you shall not fear from terror, it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Mm. So, it says, and let me finish. It says, see, is I who have created the smith, who blows the fire for coals, produces a weapon fit for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their vindication is from me, says God. And so I prayed, and I said, God, how do I help America? He said, teach them to do what you do and what i do is i hold this word up and i say father i have to have this one you said this is my heritage I need this now. And I did a teaching last Friday. It's called getting every monkey off your back. Mm. Don't let any monkeys on your back. No amount of tyranny on you is okay because there's a scripture that'll pull it off. I'm telling you, the only answer to get tyranny off of you is pull out the word, declare it, believe it. Man, you can move mountains with a little bit of faith. You can easily move a tyrant that doesn't know God. People Mm. act like they're so big and bad. But the thing is, God wants to see if his people in his in these nations are serious or not with his word. and I've asked so I do groups and trainees ask so if you have you ever brought a scripture to God before and ask him why you haven't seen why you're not seeing that? Nobody ever says yes. nobody. I said, have you ever made a petition to God, like wrote it out and presented it to him? I've never met I've met one person in all my groups I ask him always, Church, nobody's presenting petitions to God nobody's talking to him like a friend God don't destroy what does Moses wow. do don't destroy them or else they're gonna think this about you and God reasoned with Moses God reasoned with Abraham not to destroy these places and 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 God listened to them God wants us to approach him with wisdom and talk to him like a father like hey father Look at this, dude. Look at what's going on. We got to stop this. What's the answer? Because here's the scripture. It said, Tyranny, you going to be far from me. You got to get it far from me. You promised me. Yes. If I promise my son something and I say, oh, sorry, I can't do it. Dude, that's not going to work. Okay. It's not going to work for me. If he promised me something and he don't do it, it's not going to work, Father. Sorry. And he, he told me, some of you may say, wow, you approach God like that. It says we can approach the throne boldly. And I approached God boldly, not with disrespect, but what he told me one day, he said, Corey, I've never heard anyone approach me like this before. I'm like, sorry. He goes, I like it. He said, I love it when my children are serious about my promises.
0: Mm, that's so good. Well, what about the scriptures that talk about, you know, you're, if you are if you need something from your neighbor, keep banging and banging and banging and banging that on the door until they open it. That's how I want you to pray. Now, I want to get to a couple of things, and then we're going to, if you guys have any questions, go ahead and leave them in the chat um, so that we can get to those briefly and wrap up for tonight. But uh, I want to encourage you guys, to Corey's point, Charles Spurgeon, ha- there's a book called Prayer and Spiritual Warfare. And what he does is he lays out very a, a whole host of strategies in prayer. And one of those is what Corey just laid out where God desires us to present to him what his word says when we are praying. So a lot of people don't understand why their prayers aren't being answered. It's because you only have one strategy and there's a whole, I mean, there's a, it's a thick book. There's a, my mind has been blown. I haven't even been, it's like, we've been praying one way. And that's it, God, please do this. Please do this. If it be your will, please do this. No, 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 no. Corey just laid it out, come boldly. Jason, I want you to answer this question because of where you come from.
2: I was gonna have him do the okay. same
0: thing. Is this the name it, claim it gospel? Cause it kind of sounds like it could be the prosperity movement. Let's just get, 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 and then give to get to give and always end people get.
4: People look when they hear something new, I want to explain something. They look to fit you in a box so they can discard you. Mm. We're not in boxes, guys. You've reached an unboxable group of people here. <laughs> and then the next thing they they say, guys, I've been doing this for 10 years now. They say, well, what version is that? And then they try to throw you out the door to stop listening to you because you're not doing the same version. We Guys, use every version, all the versions. Yeah. <laughs> we've studied. All right. And then they say, you need to read your Bible more. And I say to them, you need to read yours more. All right. <laughs>
0: okay. Jason, is it the oh. name acclaimed gospel? Cause we come from it and you come from it.
3: For me, it's absolutely not because the scripture I want to bring up is for the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy on the, enjoying the Holy ghost. Wow. And man, if he gives me a promise like Corey declared if he gives me a promise in a word or he speaks something to me personally i'm gonna go over that because that's the righteousness of god to seek what he said I got but just because john got a car doesn't mean i'm going to get a free car handed to me that's something we've seen well that so-and-so gave away a car and i'm going to get a car no they probably gave a car away because they had a word from god you're just following the act of faith and you're not following righteousness and so the name and claim it is about following it's following the acts of what people did before and expecting it to work for you. Oh. But God's calling us to do righteousness, to do what he says, the heart and intent of the Father.
0: Oh, that was that like the good. best answer no, ever. No, Thank good. You so How do you much. deliver that with a straight face? Okay, okay so, so what bad. I
2: want to do, because I don't want to keep you guys all night, we could keep you guys all night. Um these people aren't do... going anywhere. They've all just stayed. I know. Could we do a, a round table of kind of like your final thoughts, what the Holy Spirit wants you to say to the people? I don't, I don't really care whether it's on Matthew 24 or the kingdom or something else. Um, Serge?
1: Yeah, sure. You know, where I'm going with this is where are we at now? I've t- recently heard someone say, okay, if there's no end of the world, if there's no end of the age, now what? What are we even here for? Well, like Corey said, we're here to take possession of the earth that's already been given to us. You know, the the I think the Israelites are a perfect story of the kingdom message. They came out of slavery. That's what Jesus did with us. He took us out of the slavery, out of the hand of darkness. And then they spent 40 years in the desert learning how God functions and works. God was grabbing their hearts, as Jason says, And they were grabbing God's heart. They were learning his ways. And they finally got to that spot where they knew that what righteousness was. And God told them, now go into this land that's already his. The earth is God's domain, the Bible says. It's his kingdom. It's part of his territory. Go into this land that I'm giving you and possess it. Mm. And that's where we are today. We know what the heart of God is. It's that our inheritance is the earth. And he's going... Now go and possess it. Go get it. It's yours. I've given it to you. Basically saying, go have dominion over it. Go implement my dominion on it. We have darkness in the world, yes, but the power has been stripped away from darkness. The the darkness that it holds on this earth, that territory has been stripped away from it. It has no right to be there. All we have to do is go. We just have to go and implement God's dominion in this darkness. And what does that look like? it looks like this if my family if there's darkness in my family i take authority no this is not going to reign in my yes, my life
2: yes and i've
1: seen it with with people my daughter um being addicted to drugs and all even my wife and we go after that and say no this is not what god this is not what light looks like here this is not kingdom and so we implemented the kingdom of god and we have No addiction in the family anymore. And what it looks like in the world is the government, is there's darkness. I don't think anybody would argue that. Well, what do we do? We go in and we start implementing God's dominion in that darkness. It can't stay. It has no right. It has no power. Mm. We have that right. And that's what Corey's saying. We go into the world and we start taking the the dominion that's been given to us. And it says this, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We have the right, we have the dominion. We have all the power, everything has been given to us. We have no excuses and there's no resistance. We can just go freely and dominate the world. Basically take dominion.
0: That's so good.
3: All right. Who wants to go next, Jason or, or Corey? I can go next. So, There's a couple of thoughts I have, and then I'll finish with the scripture. But two words the Lord laid on my heart was revelation to bring manifestation. Ooh. And there's two things that the Lord has really put on my heart to study, which is his character. Then also what Christ fully did. And the reason his character is funny like, if you look at Genesis, when, you know, he's telling, like, no, I'll never flood the earth again. The whole, I'll never flood the whole earth. But me and Serge like this, but people are like, but God says, I'll never flood the earth. But I'll burn it
0: with fire. <laughs> like,
3: That's not the character of God. That's like good. He literally laughed. So I, he said, study and get revelation on my goodness and my character and what Christ did. So you can bring the manifestation of the kingdom. And just to end it with what I got is the scripture, Mark 1, 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation. I've been waiting to read this all night. Later on after John the Baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom. His message was this, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in this hope-filled gospel.
0: Oh. Jason, that is that's perfect. This goes
2: back to the beginning where in Luke, he sends out the disciples. He says, go preach the gospel. Yep. And then later on, he says, who do you say that I am? He says, you're the Christ, the son of God. And he says, don't tell anybody that. And so what you're saying, the gospel, the kingdom, we're what we are, what I I do believe I can speak for Corey and, and Jason and Serge and say, guys, we don't care whether Jesus were to come back if he were to come back tomorrow or a thousand years from now. What we want you to understand and grasp, because we can talk about whether Matthew 24 was fulfilled in AD 70 and all these things, and we will, and it's really interesting to me. But I want you to understand the Kingdom that Jesus came and He preached. And I would, I would issue a challenge to everyone to read through the Gospels and underline the word Kingdom every time, highlight and it. And maybe just make a little mark and you'll count how many there are. And read the, the verses around it and understand that Jesus as Savior wasn't preached until after he died and rose again he was coming to bring a new dominion on earth and we'll get into uh how that dominion worked out and I, i'm chomping at the bit myself to even go into daniel and the kingdoms that were overthrown but i don't feel like this is the, the time to do it right now okay <laughs> um but i just want you guys to get um and maybe jason if you can expound upon that just a little bit um that gospel, the kingdom, and, and that scripture, a little bit? It,
3: for me, it's the message that we have. We've all been given the message of reconciliation to bring us back into fellowship to the, our original design intent with the Father. As, we, as Adam was in the garden, <laughs> but we're in a better place. We're a new creature, and we're to manifest heaven on earth to bring the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And it starts within us and we manifest it to the world around us.
0: Amen. Amen. That's so good. All right, Corey, take it away, man.
4: So this is our final closing out, I guess. Yeah, not then we'll take done. a couple
2: questions, and then we'll we'll sign off.
4: Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I just am excited because, guys, we're not the only ones saying this. This message got <laughs> out. I was on Daystar Canada last week. It was yes, so Thousands of people heard what you're hearing now. Um, I was on Brighttown TV this morning or yesterday. Yesterday. Um, With Dr. John um, Diamond. Yep. Yeah, and then also another brother out there. I'm going to yeah. drop his name, Go Johnny Enlow.
2: Johnny, Johnny Enlow, y'all. Yes.
4: Just, just dropped on Elijah Streams. About 300,000 people heard it. Uh, all happened last week, guys. So God two, is doing something big right now.
2: Two big videos uh, from Johnny Enloe and, and And just, we will give you some inside baseball, guys. The three of us, the four of us have been kind of sitting, sitting kind of on this, waiting for the Patriot movement to get this message, um, kind of trying strategy. to strategize on how that we get this to
0: you guys. How do we explain it to you? Our viewers have it. Someone had said in the chat earlier, it was Tracy, no one is going to believe me when I tell them this. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. And that's why it's hey. so... <laughs>
4: Well, hey, a lot of people are getting it, right, Serge? We've been seeing. When I went to Tulsa, we noticed a weird thing where I preached to your whole house church, and everybody got it. Yeah. And right before, except one lady, which she interrogated me for like an hour with every question (laughs) you could think of, and I answered them all. And one of them I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know. She's like, you don't know? I'm like, no, I don't know everything. like, ah. okay fine you know but i was like think about what i did share with you and then the next day we were walking around and she's praying for the building of city hall she's like i'm, I'm seeing like you see cory <laughs> and uh so but right before i was in nicaragua and i have one pastor with a church and there's like 60 families in there and he said cory will you come preach i was like yep and I, I knew what it meant he knew he knows me he's been through my studies and I told my wife i said i'm telling him it's not the end of the world tonight and she goes are you sure i was like yep and she's like you should ask pastor first i was like he knows what i'm gonna do he called me and she's like are you sure he knows I like no he's like call, call him up so i called him up i was like hey bro i'm gonna tell him it's not the end of the world is that cool he's like that's what i was hoping you would do and so i went in about 60 families Reached preached it. I said, there's been a big old fat lie and churches gobbled it up thinking it's the end of the planet. It's the end of Satan on our planet. It's the end of evil on our planet. And, and they all received it. Everyone was like broken down. And that was a lot of people. All right. My church over here has got it. There are people all over the world. My podcast got out 20,000 plus downloads last year in 55 nations. So no telling how many more are listening. So there's a bunch of people on this planet that believe exactly like what we're talking about, and so God is moving right now. There may be evil manifesting, but look what God's doing right now.
2: So Michelle's going to Michelle's going to drop the Johnny Enlow one in the chat, and like the inside baseball is when Johnny Enlow, who's a part of the Elijah Streams, dropped this in Elijah Streams, uh, this message that we're talking about right now. Um, uh, where it's you know, the, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, I was so encouraged because not only did it take off like wildfire and people have been sharing it all over the place, but I encourage you guys to go and read those comments. If you think that you're crazy and people won't yeah, receive you, correct. you're wrong. Send them, send them this video, send them Johnny Enlow's video, because guess what? Nine out of every 10 comments on that Elijah stream are people who are ready because they're tired of being defeatist. They know that God can manifest. They just have this little piece of negative wrong theology in their head that's holding them back. When you take this lid off, you guys are gonna not just run, you're gonna fly, okay? You're gonna manifest God and God's kingdom In this earth and what our founding fathers were dreaming about and hoping about you guys get to manifest this is the most exciting time to be alive i have goosebumps from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet You're gonna thank God that you were born for just the time of it as this, because you saw what was so bad, and you're gonna see like the dead man risen again. You're gonna see the world coming up again. You're gonna see the enemy defeated. So Michelle's gonna drop the Johnny Enloe video in the chat if if you wanna share with your friends. Okay, and then I will tell you something. I was talking to a friend of mine who was at a girl's Bible study, whose wife was at a girl's Bible study in Tulsa last week, and she overheard a whole group of women talking about the Johnny Enlow video, saying, I
0: think, you guys, we need to re-talk about our end-time So let me read um, a comment here on, um, I think it's on Facebook, maybe, or somebody just said, um, this does make sense. And um I'm really glad to see that it's making sense with you guys and I don't know where that comment went but I, somebody just said this this totally makes sense. Sir Thriving Mama says y'all answered all my questions toot toot I'm on I'm on board I'm all aboard I'm digging this. Um Cheryl says this is so good so excited to learn and grow the kingdom revelation. Hope has a question here and I'm going to answer it because I've been kind of mulling on this the past 10 minutes. Does manifesting the kingdom here on earth eventually extend to manifesting the kingdom throughout the universe? here's what I want to say to you guys. There are a lot of, so when Corey says there's a lot of people that believe the way that we do, there are several different levels and different. There's a couple of different things that are not the same by Mm -hmm. and large, the 70 AD, the temples destroyed that we reign as Kings and priests right now is across the board, right? Everyone that we're talking about in this group, all we all believe that there is a question and I'm going to be straight up like, I don't want to scare people. Okay. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. The answer of does Jesus ever come back at all? When I talk to other people, I don't really answer that question. And when I do, I, I kind of say yes. And, and, and and I go with them because they can't, that's too far for people that Jesus is never coming back. Let me explain it to you guys in our very secret, intimate, um, private phone call we're having right here. That's a joke. When we, when Serge and Leah and I got into this in the very beginning, there was something that I discovered, and I will go into this at some point, very deeply to the actual literal translation. When it talks about Jesus is coming, it means to come and then continue to come. Like if you're going to be running, that means you start somewhere, right? Jesus's second coming is a starting point And then it just continues. Okay. So as far as an actual second return of Jesus Christ, I don't have 100% the answer on that, but I'm really close to this is the way that I can explain it. As the kingdom of heaven invades the earth, if you have to clean up a giant mess, at some point you will have picked up the last piece. Okay? And then we will just literally have heaven here on earth. I don't know what that looks like, I do know that it says that that Jesus comes back for a pure and a spotless bride. We've got a lot of cleaning up to do. So whether Jesus comes back in some sort of, I think you'll just begin to see him more and more and more and more and more until we see all of him because his coming was a starting and then it just continues to, to keep on coming in the actual literal verbiage of that. Once I explain it to you in English, um, and what I mean like through grammar and everything like that, you'll go, wow, it really does mean to come and then continue to come when we're talking about the Behold, coming of Jesus. I am
2: with you always,
0: even unto the end of the age. All right. So, um, if there are any questions, I will try to answer them. Um... I think that I think that we're it. I think we're there. Um, Stacy says I feel free. Tracy says let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go. So I think that we should end in prayer if there aren't any questions, um, and kind of wrap this up and seal it all up, um, because this has been. Leah and, Lee and I, I, I think I speak for the guys here too, but especially Leah and yeah, I. Yeah,
2: we got uh, American Patriot. That's one thing I do know, that the world isn't ending and the kingdom of God is coming to earth and that we are the third
0: temple. So I have been so excited about this. Like, And all of my thinking of how this was going to go never envisioned pretty much any of this. It This has Amen. exceeded my expectations. The
2: joy that I have experienced tonight and I I actually kind of like a little bit poking fun at it because it's not Let's take the seriousness out of it. If you have ever watched some of those end times
0: movies, you're literally going to traumatize your children. The ones from the 70s were, really. yeah, don't okay, watch those. And there's that.
4: a new one too. I I think there's a new one called Thief in the Night.
0: Yeah, and that's why this has to come out right now. And Kevin it Sorbo, is. God's doing it.
4: supernatural stuff <laughs> for this.
0: <laughs> Kevin Sorbo has one in the theaters right now. Left Behind:
2: The Rise of the Antichrist. So hey, there's two out wife, now. Thief in the my Night. Wife and wife came one. in.
4: My wife came in the other day and she said, honey, they're even trying to teach the unbelievers it's the end of the world. (laughs) She said, you must go harder.
0: And we are, and that's what we're doing. So guys, you here tonight that are watching live or if you're watching this back,
4: this is something,
0: at least for Serge and Leah and I, this episode tonight has has been about two years in the making. Okay. We've done little bits here and there. We've been, you know, we've done our revelation red pill series on resistance chicks, but finally taking a full force at it as a group. And it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And we're going to do more and more and more of these. Mm -hmm. And once you hear this message, you're going to want to start spreading it because you know why you want to spread it? It's like getting saved. When you get saved for the first time, I don't know if anybody can remember, you just wanted to go tell everybody, it's good news, it's good news, I've got good news. This message that you're hearing is the gospel and that's why you're gonna feel that way. I gotta tell everybody, it's good news. It's not the end of the world, right? Because it's the gospel. So- um, And you're
4: gonna, go,
0: yeah, ahead. go ahead. No, it's, <laughs> go ahead. It was-
4: I was going to say, and you're going to want to come back and watch here because what we're going to segue into is God's agenda. That's the thing that's missing is God's agenda. This revival, I was talking to my buddies. He said, man, these people need God's plan. They need to know God's plan. He said that the revival, they were reading their Bibles, reading their Bible. What are they looking for? They're looking for the plan of God because they're done with the plan of the enemy and what they taught in church that didn't work. All right. So they're looking for the kingdom message. We've had it the whole time, but Paul said it's been revealed. Paul had it the whole time, but they didn't understand. Um, But we get it. We're walking in it. We're living it. People have called us crazy for years, but now they're not calling us crazy anymore. And we're going to be pressing forward with the future vision of God, creating together, taking dominion together. Yes. Um, because we are kings by the blood of Yeshua.
2: Okay, so I would like to do a little bit for you guys that God sh- began to show me this, actually, the Revelation Red Pill through the Old Testament. So come with me just real quick. And it's pretty much the whole book of I- all all the prophets testify that. of Jesus. I don't have time to read it all. I know. we would be here for a while. But let me go to Isaiah 50, 54. This is going to be really exciting for you guys. Okay. Okay, so... This is my favorite thing to do is to read a scripture, read it in the New Testament, then go back into the Old Testament because in the new testament they didn't quote the whole chapter or verse they would just quote one and then it's like a treasure you you guys ever see national treasure where they find one clue and that leads them to another clue so what i do is i find those clue those pieces that fit together then i go back because i know that god then is trying to tell me go back and read what else i was saying then because this is fulfilled okay so isaiah 54 1. sing o barren that uh you that did not bear Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you that did not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. And I'm going to read a little bit more on here and I'm going to show you the scripture that corresponds with it. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not; lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will break forth on the right hand and on the left, and your seed will inherit the Gentiles and make desolate this and make the desolate cities inhabited. Fear not, for you will not be ashamed; you will not be confounded, for you will not be put to shame, and you will for you will forget the shame of your youth and you will not remember the approach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer, the Holy one of Israel, that God of the whole earth shall be called. And so as when you go up here and there's, you can read Isaiah 54 and 55 actually really flow well together. Um, he's talking about Um, The Gentiles, your seed shall inherit the Gentiles. That's the promise of Abraham. So then we go to Galatians chapter four, verse 27. And it's talking about uh, a little bit before that, it's talking about Abraham. And tell me, you the desire to be under the law, uh, but do not hear the law. For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid and the other by the free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he after the free woman was born after the promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. Okay? One... And we're talking about the law and, and you guys were asking about that in the chat. What about the law? Do we keep these things? The one from Mount Sinai, which uh, gendered the bondage, is talking about the old law and those old things. That was actually under bondage. That was by the flesh. We were the, the, the Israelites were actually in a covenant of fleshly things. What they did by their flesh, the sacrifices, all the different things that they kept, they kept by the flesh. Okay? And that was an allegory for us and an allegory for for Abraham. Abraham has a common theme, as Corey said, through this whole thing. Okay? Uh, For this, Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, which is Sarah. And of course, we're talking about the promises of Abraham. For it is written, I love this so much. For it is written, rejoice thou barren that bearest not. He's showing you what Isaiah 54 was all about. For it is written, he's saying to, to to the new believers coming in, the Gentiles coming in. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travails not, for the desolate has many more children than she that has a husband. Now, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Again, and we're gonna that's a common theme, the children of promise. But he that is was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. So it is now. Nevertheless, what says says the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman ca- shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. That we cannot have the old the old covenant and all those laws. It we can't receive the error. We can't be heirs like that, heirs of the promise. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but we are children of the free. And so when you go back and you read about, um, you go back and read Isaiah 54, and this is again the clue. For the Lord has called you a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, but you were refused. For a small moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. In a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kind- kindness will I have mercy on you. Everlasting kindness, says the Lord your Redeemer, for this is as the waters of Noah unto me. And I do believe this is a prophecy of eighty seventy. 70. I'm not going to do this to you again. This was a, this, that, that old covenant, that was a once and a once and done divorce. I will be married to you, the bride forever and ever. I'm going to take care of you forever and ever and ever. And we're going to have more people than you could ever imagine in this, in this family. Um That, I, I, and that's to the waters of Noah, uh, should no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I would not be. Angry with you, nor rebuke you, for uh, the mountains shall depart and the hills shall be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you; neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord that has mercy on you. O you afflicted and tossed with the tempest, and not comforted! Comforted, behold. I will lay your stones with fair colors and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your windows of a gates and the gates uh, and your gates of carbuncles and all your borders of pleasant stones. And I'm sorry, mine is King James. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. And so I want you guys to start reading these Old Testament promises. And I want you to speak them over your children. You want to say, my children will be taught of the Lord. And great will be the peace of my children. In righteousness, you will be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear. And from terror, it will not come near you. And this is the exact scripture that Corey just read. And when you go back and you put these two two together for no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are more than a conqueror. And these are the prophetic words that he was talking about um, that would would come to pass. And Isaiah saw it. He saw the kingdom manifested. That's why it's so beautiful to him. That's why Isaiah is so beautiful. And unfortunately with end times theology, what they do, and Corey and Serge and Jason, you know this. What, what Schofield did in that reference Bible is he cuts out all of these promises. And mm. he says that is for Israel, like the mm. land of Israel, and for the Jewish people. You guys don't know what you believe, okay? Mm. They be- that The Schofield reference Bible has dispensationalism and premillennial dispensationalism. They read that as that's for Israel and the Jews. But no, 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 honey. What did Corey just say? I'm an heir to promise, baby. That's for me. I'm taking it. Go ahead.
4: No, this is clearly talking to us. That's why I'm glad you read that because Isaiah 54. I'm like, use that. God's trying to tell you guys use that. Okay. His word in our mouth mixed with some faith. It will be fulfilled. It will not fall to the ground void. And just one last scripture, because guys, we're really, you're like, we're not seeing this victory. I get it because we haven't been believing for it, but here we are. Now we are. You can change everything with your belief and your speaking, man. I was in a prison cell with a bunch of demons and now God set me on high, prospering and having a family and and all these beautiful things. He'll say, I don't see heaven on earth. Well, I do, you know, and just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not working. It, you just you get what you believe in what you speak that and this is not a name it claim it thing the bible says our life is guided by our tongue <laughs> yes right or wrong so one last scripture because i want to help you guys get the monkey off your back go to psalm 125 in your nation no matter what nation you're in it don't matter this stuff works every nation there is no tyranny allowed over you tyranny shall be far from you we still a whole teaching on that but Tyranny, if it's close to you, talk to God about Isaiah 54. Hmm. Girls, tonight, Serge, you popped up. Talk to God about Isaiah 54. Have a nice chat and say, hey, we got to fix this nation. But he's going to give you some, some things. He's going to say maybe we should try, like, come with some ideas and stuff. He loves to converse with us. Um, and he's given me some ideas for America, and, and we're doing one of them. Psalm 125, verse 3, the scepter of the wicked shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous wow. so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Yeah. This is my big scripture. God, I, I my prayer when I got saved was I don't want to hurt people no more. Oh, Forgive wow. Me. Forgive me. So I don't think God wants me to hurt people, but he knows if the line is crossed, I will. i will go to war i'm i was raised in in war people don't understand the life of drug dealers where it's a constant state of war and i have i'm just that type but i don't want to and god doesn't want us to either he wants the scepter to be broken off from above us but he wants you to know that it has no right over you what does the church teaching teach that it's supposed to be over you that's just how it is i'm here to tell you There's not supposed to be any ounce of any wicked scepter over you. And if it is... Break it off in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. So good. So I want to keep this under three hours because I know that when people watch this, they might get overwhelmed. As a matter of fact, when Patriot Gallery uploads this, I think we're going to break it into two parts as an option. It'll be a full version everywhere, but I'll also have her uploaded in two parts as an option so people can go, okay, I can manage. Because it's a course. Um, American Patriot had said, I can't afford your book, but Corey put in the link there and I'll make sure that this goes On today's show on resistancechicks.com, the um, free university Google Drive link. And like I said, I'll make sure that that's on resistancechicks.com in today's show. So very quickly, and I hate to say that about prayer, but I do want to keep this under three hours if we can possibly manage it. Um, I want to go around and let everybody pray whatever is on your heart to kind of seal up this and to help those that have have Mm -hmm. tuned in to to be able to understand what they've just um, gotten a hold of. So I'm going to start and then we'll just maybe go... Uh, this way, and and then Jason, and then Serge, and then Corey. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all of the words spoken here. Thank you for everyone that Um, was excited to come. And I just pray that not a single word will fall to the ground, but it will, uh, without taking root and sprouting, and you will come and water it and nurture it. And you will root out all of the weeds of the modern end times theology and you will throw them into the fire in their heads. And I just pray that you get people excited that it's not anticlimactic. It's actually really climatic uh, to have the kingdom of of God just keep expanding. So Lord God, we give you all All glory and honor and praise for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever in your precious name we thank you for all of these things I thank you for all of these people and I pray that they begin to see your kingdom manifesting in their lives
2: God, I just thank you so much for my brothers joining me today. I thank you for uh, the just the, their diligent research and how much they care um, to share their time freely with the with the viewers here. And I just pray that, like Michelle said, that the, your word would not return void. That these would be seeds sown. I pray that everybody who Uh watches this will share it and share it this message with their friends and their family and set them free from the fear and the anxiety and give them a hope and a future. And I just thank you, Father God, that you have opened up this door, that the church is ready to receive this message of it's the life God has a good life for you. (laughs) He has a great life for your kids and your grandkids, and we need to manifest that and we need to speak that out. And so I just pray, Father God, that this, this message will go far and wide. And people around the world will grasp it and your kingdom will come in jesus name good jason
3: Lord, well, i just declare blessing over everybody that hears this message whether they heard it live or they're hearing it later just declare blessing over their lives over their family lives for their kids and for the children to come and lord we just thank you that people will get further revelation lord that as they're reading their Bible, they'll see the words come off the page, the kingdom of God, and you'll be able to reveal to them where we are in your timeline. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word of God being sent forth. And when it's sent forth, it never comes back void. So we thank you for the fruit from what has been
1: shared tonight in Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: I'm going to read a prayer that I sent out to our group. Yes. So I'm just going to read my portion. So it says, So, Father, your scriptures say to ask for a nation and you will give it. So we ask for the nations from the lowest of South America to the highest of North America and to the rest of the world. Father, you have given your earth as our inheritance. And you say that you work with us as we go into all the world, implementing your keeper. So Lord, we thank you for these great and precious promises. And we ask that as we go forth tonight on this broadcast, that these promises go forth in a way that shakes the hearers and shakes the nations. I pray that as we go forth in this broadcast, you confirm your word through miraculous signs and wonders. I also pray for an awakening to take place in all those listening and that all accept your invitation to step into your inheritance that you have set before us in a deeper way.
0: Amen.
1: I pray that as we proclaim your kingdom, that this proclamation go to the ends of the earth. That this that this message crushes the false end times message that has plagued, hindered, and stolen from your people. And we declare an end to the end times message this mm-hmm. day. We declare that no longer will this steal from the people mm-hmm. of the Most High God. We declare that this message of the kingdom is to reign high and above all messages on this earth. Mm. For it is what the Old Testament prophets prophesied, and it is what Jesus brought, it is what Jesus taught, and it is what Jesus implemented. Mm. We call the sons and daughters of God to take their rightful places, kings and priests on this earth, and begin to unleash the glory of the Lord upon the entirety of this planet and all within it, in all righteousness. Let tonight unleash a force among the people of God that cannot be hindered. and Lord your word says that if two agree on anything it will be done. so we agree in unison with your Holy Spirit and may your may the Lord be magnified
4: and as we have spoken so shall it be in Amen. Jesus name. And father I just pray that this kingdom' seed would just root in their hearts, and that they would water it and it would grow and produce a hundredfold. And I pray also, Father, that you would hijack attention in these mm. times. That, that people would stop looking into the abyss, looking into fear and propaganda and lies all day long. And that they would be captivated by your story because that's the story that is to manifest. And they would not want to see you face to face one day and say, yeah, I spent my life watching what the enemy was doing rather than looking at what you want to do. We should know, Father, more what you want done in this earth than what the enemy wants done. So fill us with your wisdom with your vision of what you want for the future so that we can all start working together to make this world a better place for our future generations, our children's children. And those here in this message, I pray that they would be set free from any bondage the enemy has put on them, that your anointing would break the yoke now and they would be free to prosper, free to plan, free to build And realize that they have a beautiful life ahead of them. You have a plan for prosperity and hope for them, um, an amazing future. And He wants you to have the desires of your heart. He wants you to build an awesome family. He wants you to be free from all fear. And just, Father, I pray, and and, and I pray this in Jesus' name. I just wanna say, but before you go to bed, analyze what we've said and judge the fruit you know mm-hmm. jesus said judge a tree by its fruit so what is the fruit of believing it's the end of the planet well we know people say stop acting like it's the end of the world right didn't your mom ever say that to you because you're acting crazy right <laughs> so it, that's crazy fruit well what about rapture the fruit what does that produce it stops people from having kids stop people from having business all kind of things what is the fruit of this well, we start possessing lands Come on. and removing wickedness from the high places and building businesses. My wife's about to graduate law school. Um, we're having more kids. I mean, life is flowing. Heaven is flowing. So, you know, judge by the fruit. And if you want to judge literal fruit, we got that, too.
0: <laughs> you pray like Leah does. Did you say Amen.
4: Amen.
0: (laughs) Amen. Vida does the exact same thing to me all the time. Cheryl says, no more Agenda 2030, but Agenda Glory Kingdom Age. And That's uh, what
4: we're talking about, Cheryl. New agenda. We're hijacking their 2030. And left
0: a comment on here that Serge addressed. my husband's entire family are, or were pastors. It's going to be very difficult to tell my husband, um, for him to see this, not what he was taught his entire life. Serge says walking through the scriptures is a great way to start. We're going to have scriptures laid out. We're going to try to do outlines in the future, but this there was too much here for tonight to be able to do that. I would say this, if you're going to present it to somebody that's not willing to watch tonight's video in length at first. Start with the Johnny Enloe one. It's 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 short enough. It's easy to swallow. And then if your husband is interested, which he will be, then you can say, "So this is the video I really want you to watch." And then he can sit down and watch tonight's show. Corey's uh, Kingdom University. Corey's book is also a great way to start with people. Like yeah. you can just literally, if he's willing to read a book, not everybody is. If he's if your hey. husband's willing to read a book, just give him the book. And then also- I
4: gotta say I gotta say something about the book real quick. Um, you guys have, we got version two out now, edition two, which is all professionally edited. So you have to get that on Amazon, not born again as kings.com. So yeah, get it. Just get it on Amazon until we get our big shipment. But it's called
0: Born Again as Kings. Just look it up. It's Corey Gray on Amazon. You can find it easy. I also think that this
2: book, this is my go-to to um, to get people um, just on the surface to understand The Last Days According to Jesus by R.C. Sproul. Which a lot of people
0: are already open to Sproul. So it... Well, their their guard is dr- down yeah because he's and done so, so he
2: breaks down the surfacey stuff he doesn't go into the kingdom now and how awesome we are and reign in and he's not like he's a non-gifts of the spirit type kingdom guy um and there's a lot of
0: those we're yeah. gonna convert them all
2: we're gonna get those now we got to convert the guys who have this message the presbyterians and the baptists we got to get them back yep all right,
4: so yeah, but a lot of people know Johnny too. He's he delivered okay. it very easy. He did. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's that's he did it very. And I'll put much Johnny's so the, Holy Spirit. the
0: link to Johnny's, and in, we're gonna go deeper into this, this and and all the different aspects. My, my th- favorite for what we're gonna bring to you guys is the histor is the um the deep. The red pilling of where the modern end times theology came from—that's going to be the most sensational. Right. Sensational. We'll probably do it in like three series, okay? Because there's a lot to cover there. How did we end up here? Your mind is going to be more blown at at this watching that, just because it—I don't know—I don't—I don't have a good kosher word it's to say. It's a conspiracy. It is a conspiracy, and it really. It really gets you. It's like eating cotton candy. When you're like, oh my I gosh. I want to
4: do it right now.
0: I know. I know. I, the, how we got it, you will, it you're will. you going to be like, if we didn't prove it to you here tonight, most especially we will prove you when we, when we do that. And maybe we'll bring everybody back on for a roundtable on that one because I think that that would be really fun. Um, but that, just finding out where the lies came from. Where did the, how did the lies get here? John that,
2: Darby.
0: That's going go to be, your mind you. is just going to be, and we'll have videos for that and stuff. It's just going to, you're, you're going to go nuts. Next Wednesday, we're going to have on our friend, I think Joy might come with him, but Matt and Joy Thayer of Sparrow Pictures, they did the documentary, The Trump I Know. Joy worked on Unplanned. We didn't realize until we were at the Reawaken America Tour in Canton last February, staying with them in an Airbnb. And it was kind of one of those things, you know how, the old Christians used to put an ichthus in the sand to identify. We don't have a, do you believe in kingdom? One of those, I don't remember exactly how it came, but it was kind of like, I, I think I might've broached it. Like, it kind of sounds like you're saying this, Matt is, is that what you might might be saying? And he was like, I think maybe we are. Are you one? Are you one?
4: And that's how it
0: goes. And so, and Matt Thayer, he's, he's an amazing filmmaker. So, and he's on the very inside of the Clay Clark movement. So Hey, um, so
4: what's our hand sign, though? Do, we need we a hand sign.
0: Like, of like It needs to be like a vote. K for, like, kingdom. Does
4: anyone have any ideas in the comments?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is that, Serge? Is, is that a K? A K. It's a K? Show it, it. it doesn't really look it's like a K. K a
4: but it's got to be kind of code.
0: It does. It needs to be
4: it code. It
2: is.
0: K for kingdom.
4: Hmm. Have this? And it has, We have to be able to remember it. So
0: cool. This they, oh, they're going to think we're throwing gang signs. We need something <laughs> yeah. else. You can we just do like a language? touchdown? Like we win. That's a little over the top. I get it. Okay. We need we need to learn the sign for kingdom. That's what it'll be. We're going to learn well, sign language like for kingdom. Someone what, what?
4: Someone says it's diabolical. It? The <laughs> oh, sign Lord. is my life. It's okay. The
0: sign is my life. That is cheating, Serge. Okay. Um, are
4: red among men.
0: What'd you say, Jason?
3: Epistles read among men.
0: Yes, exactly. You just know me by the head. Okay, so
2: we talked about where you can find Corey. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serge and Jason, you're seeing Breakaway Kingdom uh, Hub behind Jason. Go and tell them where they can find you guys. Pastors, Jason and Serge. Yeah, Jason, where can they find
0: you?
3: Serge, I'll have you take this mic. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So, BreakawayKingdomHub.com. It's a ministry we started. It's been, what, 10 months, nine months? Just uh, doing life with people and just loving it in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: Yeah.
0: And you guys are doing teachings. You've done a couple of episodes, a few episodes together. Serge, you've been doing some single episodes, and those are available. I'm going to get on you, Serge, to create a media tab on your website, um, but you can find it under the resources tab, which I put that link in resistancechicks.com. Um, the teachings that they have done, they are Anywhere phenomenal. Else, Anything
2: else? Anything can, else, Serge? Can people join you yeah, at your church they, in Tulsa?
1: If you go to web, if, if you go to the website, there's a tab called resources. And there's a whole section on where are we on God's timeline. And so there's Corey Gray's on there from when he came over and preached at our, at our home church. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of resources on there.
0: No, it's huge, actually. And I did put the link to that on resistancechicks.com for today's show. And you can literally attend their church in person if you want to stalk them. And they can handle you. They can take you on. I'm sure they are they got the weapons of the warfare. Um, so you can get plugged in on Facebook and follow them, Breakaway Kingdom Hub. So, guys, I want the three of you to stay around. We'll just do a quick goodbye after we sign off when I play the outro here. But we love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember. It's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth. The conspiracy is modern end times theology. And that and the fact that it is a conspiracy is so very true. We will see you next Wednesday right here on resistancechicks.com for the Revelation Red Pill Somebody Wednesday. Somebody double V for victory. <laughs> double V for victory? They kind of look like bunny ears, too. They're like <laughs> You're throwing gang signs again, Serge. It's the KV kingdom victory. I'm still going to learn the sign language on this. Okay. Y'all stick around. Don't go anywhere. Everybody else share this. Get the book. Y'all know the routine. We will see you next Wednesday with Matt Thayer of Sparrow Pictures. Anything else, Corey?
4: No, I was just going to say when's the next one?
0: Next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, you guys. We love you. God bless. I was called